Brother Malcolm, 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 Welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was um, Brother Malcolm, obviously, (laughs) with Cahill Elzabar and Archie Shep on tenor sax. And we just wanted to call Brother Malcolm's name because this is the anniversary weekend of his ascension. Um, You know, he was killed and... um, and another beautiful soul, uh, Yuri Koshiyama, was there with him so that he wasn't alone as he lie um, dying, you know, at the Audubon Ballroom in New York. And, uh, yeah, so you have joined us on Wanda's Picks, uh, another edition of Wanda's Picks. Uh, and we are so excited to have in the studio um, Jenny Lim who just joined us, and she is no stranger to the airwaves here. Good morning, Jenny. How are you? Good morning, Wanda. So <laughs> glad to be here with you on this particular oh. day. Yeah, we're really happy to have you, as well as Carl Charlton um, Lee, um, who is, uh, are you the founder of Del Sol or one of the founders? Yes. I, I, am, I am the founding um, violist of Del Sol Quartet. Right, right, and you all are collaborating this weekend, tomorrow to be exact, and uh, and one, I don't know, it just sounds like a really wonderful program, you know, sort of celebrating the winter, and I also wanted to mention that, you know, today is the 19th, and Malcolm X's birthday is um, May 19th, so it's like, you know, that 19th thing is happening, and, you know, for people that do number stuff, <laughs> and... <laughs> And and then the twentieth is like a real pivotal kind of day for people that do number stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I was wondering, uh, maybe Jenny, since since you are the reason why I know about Del Sol, maybe you could tell us a little bit about 
you know, how you and Charlton met and and then Charlton you can um um talk about your organization and and what's happening on the 20th. You can introduce each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm I'll be delighted to um you know I had been doing the research on the Chinese detained on Angel Island many um decades ago when the project started to when we um him Mark Lai uh, who passed away and Judy Young my co-editors of the book Island the poetry and history of Chinese um on Angel Island they I'm the only surviving author who went uh-huh. to the island and uh collected all the poetry and uh, that were written by the Chinese who were detained there under the Chinese Exclusion Act when the station was uh used between 1910 and 1943 um when the act was repealed and um we took the uh trans we translated the poems that were on the walls inscribed there written and carved and uh, produced the book and did oral histories. So many, many decades later, scholars started to, you know, really study the uh, history of the Chinese detained on Angel Island, and that brought on a lot of interest among the cultural community and artists. And then Delso Charlton was doing a project about the island, and, and that's how we met just a couple of years ago. So maybe you can take it on from there, Charles, and then talk about your project. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Wanda, for having me today. We uh, are working on a project. It actually is still ongoing because of um, COVID restrictions. We were not able to uh, premiere the piece as we had intended. Um, The piece is a a musical uh, piece based on the poems, and so this is why we reference Jenny's book. And um, uh, the piece is being written by composer Huang Ruo, who is a Chinese-American composer living in New York and um, uses the poems interwoven with music by the quartet and uh, would be sung by various, uh, by a vocal ensemble. We were working with Volti, who is a uh, San Francisco-based vocal ensemble. And this is how we came across um, Jenny, because that book was is, um, is a huge part of our research and um and a huge part of our understanding of the poems and what's going on. Um, yeah, so that, that's how we came together. And oh. our, our quartet, uh, we're based here in San Francisco as well, and uh, we like to think that we're a bit of a socially activist group that is uh, focusing from uh, the West Coast and um, that we our perspective is more of a... California perspective of things, and so we tend to have a little bit more of a, um, perhaps a an influence from um, from the East and the Pacific, uh, rather than from Europe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from your website, um, Del So, um, you write that um, it the York the. Uh, the organ arts organization began as a thought on the night shift at um Fermilab. <laughs> uh Charlton, you love the cutting edge of physics research. I was looking for the next discovery, pushing boundaries. 
but you missed the way music connected people building community by communicating in ways physics never would. Uh, so you're a physicist, too. Okie doke. Uh, so, that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> so what if you could bring that scientific passion for exploration to a string quartet? So 26 years later, Del Sol is still sharing music that brings out the endorphins, music that asks, why not? So, um, yeah, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the other members of the ensemble and 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 sort of what's going on tomorrow with this piece um, that you've commissioned, um, um, I believe, uh, Jenny, to perform. And it's the music of Frederick, how do you pronounce his last name? Yeah, it's, it's spelled funny. It's pronounced Jewski. It's a seriously. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's a Polish. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's a Polish name, um, and so it's there's a lot of uh, consonants that don't get pronounced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and it's called words. Right. That's, that's what attracted and, me to the type. It's like, oh, Jenny is in it. And it's called words. This must be really good. <laughs> right. So Frederick Jeffsky, um has he's in his 80s and has a, a really long history of um, both as a performer and as a composer and as really a, a um, somebody who has asked um, the world how to think about music and 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 how to how you know how to use music to think about other issues that we're dealing with uh, a couple of his um most well-known compositions are coming together which is uh, based on letters of an inmate in Attica prison um mm. talking about it was letters that the the person wrote um, describing how his time in there, how his struggles, and and how he was, you know, working to get better and and working to improve himself and all these things, and having a very positive outlook, finding a way, you know, to survive the situation, and then of course there was, um, then he was uh, killed in these the riots that happened in the prison. Um, and so that that piece was an incredibly powerful um, way of bringing um, the voice of, you know, people who have been completely forgotten and um, locked away and brought it to concert stages all over the world. Um, And I I think that, you know, that was an example of some of the work that he did. Um, The other one that that is often uh, lauded as one of his masterpieces is um, uh, the people united will never be defeated uh based on the south american song and um and it's a and that's a piece for solo piano um that is also just features a very powerful um use of of music and the 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 way um i think he's also you know being from more from the classical tradition so he he would play a program that would feature Beethoven, and then he would play this, you know, People United would never be defeated, and on the same program, and and for him it it made no difference. Um, so I think it's a when we 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 commissioned him, I think for his 80th birthday, 
and um, it was a very an incredible honor for him to agree to do this and, and to write this piece for us. Our piece uh, also features us speaking, which is rather unusual. Um, and the way he describes it is, you know, when we watch musicals, you know, the the actors on stage are talking to each other and all of a sudden they break into song. And he said, this is sort of the opposite where we're playing music and all of a sudden we break into to words. Um, so <laughs> I so think it's cool. rather surprising <laughs> for people <laughs> seeing it for the first time. Um, and because of this and because of the lineage of working with words, um, I, I, you know, we thought of Jenny, who, who, you know, whose poetry we love and we thought would be a perfect um, uh, sort of match to, to sort of uh, to, to just to, to, to enhance our program and, and to bring words into direct focus and uh, to share that with the audiences as well. Oh, yes. Jenny is marvelous choice. Yeah. And Jenny, are you still the uh, San Francisco Jazz Poet Laureate? No, I'm not. And uh, in fact, the whole place has been shuttered uh, during the pandemic. And all you can access is their virtual um, concerts, which were all videotaped previous to the pandemic. And uh, so they're trying to uh, keep going by doing that. Mhm. Yeah. But you have a long history of of doing, you know, um poetry with with jazz and poetry with music. I'm thinking about your collaborations with um, you know, legendary um drummer Max Roach and bassist Herbie right. Lewis and um, you know, and as we just mentioned, you know, prior to, you know, the pandemic, uh your you know, your work at SF Jazz uh, poetry Festival, which I think you started in, in the World Poetry Festivals in Venezuela, um, Bosnia, uh, Herzegovina, and Italy. Yes. <laughs> this is a really old yes, bio. Yes, um, In fact, I had a trip to Italy that had to be canceled right oh. um, in March. And at that mm. time, I was ready, just ready to go. And then when Actually, it had really hit, the pandemic hit uh, Italy first, and I was worried about the, you know, the numbers there and getting infected, and lo and behold, we became the bedrock of the, you know, high rates. So, um, mm. yeah, I did. I, I, I was sad not to be able to get there. Right, yeah. And, and you know, um, you um, have um, performed a lot, you know, with um, – the uh, Asian Improv Arts, um, and you're on their recordings mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Francis Wong and John Jane, Francis Wong, Devotee and Child of Peace, and John Jane, Immigrant Suite, and and then you know the uh, the play uh, Paper Angels Island, um, poetry and history of Chinese uh, immigrants on Angel Island. Um, I think I think I I saw that. Was that the play that you did? Um, um, at the park in yes, Chinatown, is right that, in Chinatown okay. in Portsmouth Square, yeah. free to all the denizens. That was that a riot was awesome. because 
Because, <laughs> you know, Portsmouth Square is the living room for all the uh, older people, you know, the older immigrants who, you know, many of them don't have kids, the bachelors, they're dying off. And then the the women and they were all, you know, commenting during the the show. And it was like, you know, how the Renaissance Theater, you have the audience participating. <laughs> so they were all a part of the play. It was just wonderful. <laughs> Mhm. Yes, it was. It was really, really priceless, and the play was so beautiful. And it was nighttime, so it was like you had all that great ambiance with the lighting and the music, live music. It was, yeah, it was great. Thank yeah, was you. Really yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. So, um, tell us about your ensemble, uh, Charlton. Um, who who are the other musicians? And and I think I saw something that you all do this thing called Joy Concerts or something. Um, That's right. <clears throat> Since obviously we 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 can't play in concert halls these days, and so when the pandemic first started to shut us down, we were trying to come up with ways to still share our music with the people and. Um, and so we came up with this, um, the Joy Project, which, mm-hmm. you know, at that time we were hearing so much. There was so bad, so much bad, bad news <laughs> every day that we were hearing, and we thought it's like let's 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 think of something that can, you know, maybe bring a smile to somebody's face. And so mm-hmm. we started talking with uh, composer friends. Uh, we started with a lot of our uh, local friends um, who are, who write music, and um, and then we. Uh, started even and then after that basically our our favorite composers and, and asking them if they could write just something super short to be shared with people outside because we figured we could still go outside and play music in a safe manner that's pretty unusual because you know we, we uh, are accustomed to being you know on stages and stuff um <clears throat> but uh, we had such an incredible outpouring of um, support from these composers, and um, we started then taking these pieces, just popping up around the city uh, to different places and and sharing these pieces. It, it was pretty. Uh, it, it's been a credible an incredible journey and uh, very fulfilling for us as well. And this project is ongoing, um, so. If you are live in the city and uh, happen to, you know, see a string quartet all of a sudden playing music, <laughs> that might be us. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think on Sunday we plan to, if the, if the weather permits us, we're going to try and pop up into into Oakland for a couple shows, see what happens. Um, oh, but I think wow. we're going to looking at. I think we're looking at Lake Merritt, and uh, maybe we're still exploring some other another place. So we'll do a couple of sets in different places there. Oh wow! So um, how do people find out where you all decide to to touch down? Well, there's a couple places we because of the nature of, um, especially now the weather being rather unpredictable. We we just the day before or so um, we would post it on our Facebook. Uh, which is um, hashtag Del Sol Quartet. And uh, also on our website, we will post something. Um, and there's a sign-up uh, list on our website, on a, on the Joy Project page. And uh, that that would give you, we, we send out a, um, a small list of people 
uh, like again a day or so before any attempt to go out, um, we just post that, and, and then you know people can find out where and when and so forth. Oh, that is heck awesome! That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. it's really fun, and and mm-hmm. because we had so many different composers um, writing pieces there. The music is all different, and and you know there's somebody there's like one based on a Japanese folk tale, um, another one that is based on a Turkish dance, uh, which is really wild, and then uh, another that is based on the games that um, uh, the composer's grand, uh, mother would play with his uh, kid, you know this type of thing, and 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 it really it, it some of them are outright, you know, make you want to smile and dance and, and laugh and, 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 you know, clap your hands. And other ones that are more sort of like the inward joy, almost more meditative or contemplative. Um, other ones that, that are a little bit more about the struggle to find joy uh, during this time, which is also, uh, I, I think, really, really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure you're familiar with the Black Joy Parade that's um, <clears throat> that's uh, going to be having is having a different iteration, you know, this year than years past, mm-hmm. and that's in Oakland. Yep. So I just thought, wow, this is great. This joy, you know, spreading the joy, encouraging mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Jenny, um, uh, would you like to share a poem or something? Yes, um, uh, I was going to do this poem, and um, were you going to uh, play the music under it or after it? Uh, um, either way is fine with me. Um, I could play the uh, the piece that um, uh, the Charlton sent me. Yeah, no problem. This would be kind of cool. I don't think I've ever yeah. done it before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the balance, how the balance will be, but we can we can go for it. To see. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, this That's poem, uh, mm-hmm. I just finished it actually um, this morning. Um, Word on the street. For me, you know, poetry is like sculpting, and then it's never quite finished. I'm never quite happy with it, and then it mm-hmm. just keeps um, morphing and more and more. So at some point, you, you say, okay, that's it. So that's it right now. And it's Word on the Street for Brianna Taylor. In honor of Martin, yeah, yeah, all the um, freedom fighters from Martin Luther King Jr. to Malcolm X, and this is uh, Brianna. Okay. Why did they have to shoot you so many times? Over 30 bullets ripped through walls, halls, blinds, shattered windows, closets, dishes, fired round like Looney Tunes or kids shooting phantoms with toy AKs. Don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes, the soldiers said at Bunker Hill. Word on the street for the cops, don't shoot till you see the black of their skin, strafing your sweet dreams as you slept in suffocating proximity to Fred Hampton, Tamir Rice, Rayshard Brooks, Sandra Bland, George Floyd, nameless others. Target practice for cruel sport. 
this shredded earth of dust, this hysteric hate of ragheads, China viruses, this xenophobic mask of hallucinations in the paper-thin crust of pie that feeds no one but itself, like the Ouroboros of capitalism that wraps itself around its own accursed tail. How, how did we come to be divided by death and not by life? Do the dying have a moment of clarity, out-of-body lucidity? This time collapse into a shapeless black shell of indeterminate space with a miracle of innocent flesh born of a mother's womb, that first refuge of love and longing preceding other and definition usher lost spirits into a realm of sugary, painless non-existence. When the boogeyman came to pluck your last breath like an apple from the tree of life with its beckoning branches of love, marriage, family, career, success, were you astonished by the depth of man's bloodlust as you entered death's door without invitation? Did you cross the river Styx with the oar of forgiveness, a feather in the noose of wind swept by despair when the riots and rage broke in the court of the streets and the empty shells fingerprints and DNA revealed the crime when the grand jury called itself defense code word for impunity once again were you caught in the blazing crossfire guns drawn on all sides like a butterfly pinned to shadow as history remained shackled to lies of strips Search, checkpointed, background checked, interrogated, handcuffed, raped, beaten, and murdered. Black and brown bodies with bereft faces ornamenting the night sky like stars. We watched, invisible and silent, crouched in the memory of the shame of our own fresh victimhood. Till we saw your proud smile, Brianna. And the dreams you dreamt, Brianna, which made us scream, shout, mourn, and cry out for ourselves in your name, swearing to carve it into the trunks of trees on sidewalk concrete, graffiti bridges and buses, billboards, mural songs and poems, swearing to tattoo it on our lips and tongues till hatred, indifference, and murder were atoned for and a warrant for history's arrest was issued on 400 years of uninterrupted hate crimes. Will we erect a monument from the stones of our memories? Will we rise up in unity with the brick and mortar of resistance? Will we say your name United as one name, in one voice, because under the skin, we are all Brianna, Brianna Taylor. That's it. Wow. Wow, that was great. How how did it sound, Charlton? I'm, I'm kind of prejudiced here. 
Oh, oh my God, no, my, my <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, Jenny, that was phenomenal. And and had you had you, you rehearsed it with the music too, or because you you knew we were gonna play? You it. know, I was listening to it for inspiration as I was <laughs> writing writing it. You know, and it it was mm-hmm. so beautiful and uh, so affecting to me emotionally that um it you know I listen to music a lot when I write. Mm-hmm. And it was just the right uh, tone and quality and texture and everything. It was quite beautiful. I yeah. want to share wow. that the the piece was written or is written by um, Kerwin Young, who is a, a producer, member of Public Enemy. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool piece. It's, it's called In the Amazon, and it was. Um, that uh, was written for us uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to let you know that um, when you were telling us about, um, uh, how do you pronounce Frederick's last name? It's a J sound, right? Right, uh, Jeffsky, right. Jeffsky, yeah. I I looked up. I looked up his um, coming together, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and the People United will never be defeated. And that one there, it's a long piece of People United. Um, so all I could mm-hmm. find was an excerpt um, because it's it's like an hour or so. It's it's that's a, right. Really, yeah. <laughs> oh, there is also um, improvised portions of it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to getting more familiar with with his work. Um, yeah, maybe um I, I know he's um where is he located? He's he's not here. No, he's in Belgium. Mhm. Right, yeah, and I don't know what the time difference there is, but um yeah, um this this is gonna be like a really phenomenal um concert. Can you let people know again how to get tickets? Yes. Um, let's see. You can go to our Facebook page, which is Delso Quartet, or um, our website, which is also delsoquartet.com, um, <laughs> um, and uh, there will be information on the calendar there. And I think that's probably yeah the easiest way. Right. Yeah. Cool. And this will be happening on uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Right, yeah. And and is there a cost? It's a pay what you can. So, you know, it, it's, um, I, I think, I, I don't know what, the, there may be a minimum of a dollar or something, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, it's that's it. And, and so it's flexible, whatever people feel is appropriate for them. Nice, nice. Cool, super. Well, later on in the program, or maybe I might start it, because um, <laughs> I, I do have, Coming together, so we could go out with um, with uh, Jeffski uh, until my next guest joins us. Because um, I I did upload coming together, and and you oh, said great. that that oh oh our next guest she just arrived right on time. So I have to play it at the end <laughs> of the show. Um, but I just think it's so cool, like to to call the names of of those unfortunate um, um, men um, who you know thought they had made a deal. You know, with uh, with the, the government, the city of New York, or whatever, around 
around their demands for for better treatment in Attica, and then it was a farce, right? And everybody gets killed. You know, the mm-hmm. the people that work in the prison and the people that were housed in the prison yeah. as 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 mm-hmm. um, as imprisoned persons. And like, it's just craziness. But you know, I guess mm-hmm. it's to be expected. You know, how can we expect you know the government to make a deal, right? It's sort of like, yeah. But but they did. They trusted them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was thinking of Archie Shep's people, uh, uh, piece, uh, Attica, mm-hmm. Attica Blues, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That album is, yeah, incredible. Mm. Yeah, thanks for letting us know about that. Yeah, cool. Well, Jenny, do you have a website or something you'd like to um, share with everyone so they can stay in touch with you? You know, I, I don't have a website, but I do um active on Facebook. So if you just go to okay. Jenny Lim with a G, um, you can find me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. G. And I'm in um, LinkedIn as e. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. G E N N Y. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you notice I spelled it, it's it wrong. Also under, oh, sorry. Uh, because it's Genevieve. <laughs> yeah, it's under Genevieve mm-hmm. yeah, Lim, you know, which mm-hmm. is my uh, name, but I shorten it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, thank you both for joining us, and I, I hope this is not uh, the last time, uh, Charlton, not that you know where we are, that you yeah, let me you know you. when you're up to something. And, Jenny, you know you always have yeah, you know, free yeah. access. I am it, such a it's support always of everything. It's a pleasure to be. <laughs> always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Thank you take you so good much. care, both of you, and look for, I'm looking forward you to the too, concert Wanda. tomorrow. I got my ticket already. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, thank Good. you so much. All right. Okay, take care. Peace and blessings. See you there. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Peace. Yeah, happy new year. <laughs> That's right. Happy new year. <laughs> All right. Peace and blessings. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Nope. Good morning, Stephanie. How are you? Sister Wanda, what's up? Oh, you're always into everything that's fabulous. So it's like, of course, and I, you know, I mean that, what was the the formal Ubuntu Theater, which is now Oakland Theater Project, is that the new name? That is correct. Right, right. And and we're having, like, theater, like, you all have a season. Like, oh, my goodness, this is so fabulous. I really miss theater. Like, so how are they doing this? We are oh, so at the 16th so Street train station in our cars. We're tuned into a frequency on the radio or on our radios in our in our um, uh, phones because my radio, I can't do that. <laughs> and And then we like watching the story of this historic, you know, landmark and the people, the Pullman porters and, and the women who worked on the trains and just just the politics yes, of, yes. of of the black folks here in you know in the lower bottoms literal and then as we drive yes, there ma'am. we see all of this development and then further ahead you know there's an encampment i'm like what <laughs> and all, and all at the same time have you had a chance to see it yeah i was there last night of course of course i had to come see it before i spoke to you Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was sitting in my car. Like I said, I, I couldn't, I don't have a radio, so I brought my portable radio, which I haven't tried in a while. It wouldn't pick up the station. 
had batteries in it, right? And so it's like, okay, my my phone, my you know, my radio app on my phone has to work, right? So I had to turn all the way up and had like a buzz. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's like real primitive, but I could I could catch it. <laughs> yeah, I was there last. But night. I love the soundtrack. Oh my gosh, the soundtrack is yeah. awesome, and those visuals are so beautiful. As Thank you're telling you. the story. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, you know it's amazing <laughs> that uh, you know I've been working with uh, Oakland Theater Project. I worked with Ubuntu, but I've been working with them for about five years now. Yeah. And uh, the, their their literary manager, when he came on just now. He mm-hmm. said to Michael, he said, um, Stephanie Johnson, isn't that the person that did the railroad piece? And, of course, Michael was like three years old when I did it. So he's like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And John was very persistent. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they brought it back. They brought it back for the anniversary, the opening of the season. I mean, all of the, all of the stars were in alignment to make mm. this go, and it's just. I couldn't. I just couldn't be happier. I'm just filled with joy about it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Um, you're the lead artist um, on this um, this this piece, which is uh, entitled um, "Binding Ties: The 16th Street Station." Uh, it's created by you and Michael Copeland Snyder, and uh, it's up uh, through the 28th, which is next weekend at. Um, the uh, Oakland Theater Project, and and the its location is at the 16th Street Station, the former um, uh, train station, um, and it's located at 16th Street and Wood Street. But you you drive down Wood, which is it sort of dead ends at the BART station on the 7th Street side, and mm-hmm. and you just drive along Wood until you get to 17th and Wood, and you'll see a fence open because it's all you know the the train station is no longer operating. And so you make a left and then somebody will with a with a lightsaber <laughs> will direct you to yeah. where you're supposed to be parked. <laughs> it's heck of cool. It's like real theatrics like from the gate. <laughs> gate the gate and, literal and, and gate on. Add, and I do wanna add that it it will be extended for one more week. Oh, through March something. So what's the the next through- the, the new date? I, uh, it's either the 6th or the 7th. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but uh, it's, okay. it's sold out, and it's sold out quickly. So they extended it for one more week. So I oh, think your super, listeners super. need to know that. Yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Good, good. That's wonderful. And uh, and the season, oh, my goodness, it just looks so phenomenal. Um like there's a premiere, a world premiere, The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot, uh, following, like, it's actually like, okay, they're extending it a week, and then the following week they open with The Wasteland. It's like, all righty now. And then <laughs> and then there's um, there's another world premiere, premiere and, and the one I'm trying to get to is um, uh, this piece. It's called uh, The Dream Life of Malcolm X. And that looks like it's going to be really awesome. And that's that's this summer. That's July 23rd uh, through 29th, 29th. So, um, so yeah, you definitely don't want to miss that. And the, the following Malcolm X's birthday is um, <clears throat> is May 19th. So uh, you have to, like, wait a minute. But it's going to totally be worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks good. It's co-created by John Wilkins, uh, William Hodgson, 
and Don L. Troop. You know, love all of those folks. Um, so it's going to be really, really totally. good. But back to um, your <laughs> bio. Let's let's get started because it's you're just you've done so much, Miss uh, well, White Woman. And, and you know because I've, <laughs> you know because I've known you forever, uh, and yes, loved your yes. work and your contributions to our culture and our history and preservation. So you know, before we get on me, I want to give you kudos. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to our collaborating on something. We'll have to figure that out because I'm sure we could do something together that will be oh, phenomenal. And I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea oh. already. So yes, let's do it. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. So, Dr. Stephanie Ann Johnson, project creator, lighting and projection designer, has been a lighting designer and projection design installation artist for more than 40 years. Um, Based in the East Bay, uh, she is a pioneer in her field, the first black woman admitted to the local union, International Association of Theatrical and Stage Employees, IATSE number 16. And, and you know, let that 16 and 16 kind of resonate. Let's just let it sit there for a moment. 16th Street <laughs> Station and 16th, and the first woman, right? <laughs> the first black yeah, woman. Yeah, Admitted to this local union, and it happens to be a 16, right? <laughs> I I had never thought about that, Wanda. That That's really amazing that you made that connection. And I was, to the best of my knowledge, because, you know, now that I've gotten my research degree, I try to be exacting. So to the best mm-hmm. of my knowledge, I was the first black woman in that union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully there are some more now. You got company? Um, I, You know, I t- tell you the truth. I got my card, um, and I never went to them for work. It was a time when women and black people were not welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. The profession that I'm in, lighting, can be dangerous. You know, you go up ladders, you have to wire things. So since I did not feel safe or welcome, I went on mm-hmm. and got my deg- my um, card because it was my right to do so, but I never mm-hmm. approached them for work. I always got my own work independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, all of the different um, companies where I, where I see your name is like, of course. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you are the go-to person. I think like you're like at the top. You're like the A-list. It's like okay, can't get her. And then okay, like who else is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and, and, and you know, I do want to say something about that because you know, at this point in my career, I'm all about plugging other folks. Um, I worked with Afro-Urban Society last uh, summer, from last summer mm-hmm. until actually this coming Saturday, training um, women and non-binary folks that were mm-hmm. black in lighting. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to, you know, develop and grow some new folks to okay. come in and step in that can do design. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, because um, there aren't that many... Um, you know, black women and black people, you know, doing this kind of work, design work, lighting. Because right. I remember when I was in uh, a master's program at USF, um, one of my, my classmates, that's what she did. She did the lighting for, I don't know if it was a symphony or one of those. And, and, and she was talking about sort of, you know, the art, you know, and the poetry of lighting, right? Because there's an art to this. Yes. But it's also, it's also you know, um, it's, it's a beautiful, you know, genre within itself, you know, the lighting, yes. the poetry, 
you know, it's music. You know, if it's good, it, it it's awesome. You know, and if it's yeah. not, then the whole production suffers, <laughs> right? It's, it's that integral right. to the piece. Like, you know, you that's can... That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I guess, you know, that's why, you know, a good lighting designer is in such demand, right? Um, because, yeah. because you know, you, you you know how sometimes you know you have these you have this relationship with a particular writer, and and this person reads your work and they know they know your voice, right? So so you don't yes. have to explain certain things. So I I guess it might be similarly with certain companies that have a relationship with you. You all speak yes. the same language, so it's like you yes. don't have to like start. Okay, what does the word mean? Like when they do this, what does this mean? Like you all That's right. speak the same language, so you can just go right to it. That's right. And you know when the when the synergy is good, you know I'm a very mm-hmm. very very East Coast style loyal. So when the yeah. synergy is good, you know I stay with the theater company for a long time. Right now I'm working with um, uh, Oakland Theater Project, Theater First. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know I I when I find these kinds of homes. I stay there and do my contributions and, you know, I'm able to actually fully bring myself and my skills. And that's mm-hmm. very important. It's not true of every particular show or every gig. Sometimes it's just a gig. You come in, you do it, you're gone. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's an entryway to a long-term relationship. Like Oakland right. Ense- yeah. Ensemble Theater. Remember, you remember OET, Oakland Ensemble Theater? I sure do. I totally remember OET, oh. yep. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful venue. I really, really liked their work. Yeah, I was really sad when when they weren't around anymore. I know. I'm still I'm still in grief about it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I was I was yeah. living living and working in Amsterdam, and Benny Ambush. Oh. I had talked to him before I before I left, and he mm-hmm. called me in Amsterdam and said, um, "I've got a theater now. I packed up and I was back <laughs> in two weeks." Mm. Okay. Benny's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. We used to have a lot of theaters in 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 Oakland, in the Bay. Yeah, we were like yep. thriving. You know, like. Yep. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. People wouldn't know it, but yeah, we, this was the place for black art. That is true. You know, that, that, when mm-hmm. I moved here, there were seven black theaters. When I moved here in '77, there were like seven black theaters in the Bay Area. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Where'd you move I here from? I think it's going to happen again. Where'd I went, you move I went here to from? School, I went to school. And I grew up in New York and the Bronx. Um, I went to school in Boston, and then I moved here from Boston. Okay. So, yeah. So, when you met Kevin, you were moving here after that. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. I had moved here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. With, with a short stint in Canada where I worked mm-hmm. for Black Theater Canada and Vera Kudjo. I lived in Canada oh. for a couple of months. I'm on my way to California. You see, I had I had wanted to go to college in California, and mm-hmm. my mother was raised in New England, and there was no way we were going to go west, south, any place other than New England. And she was mm-hmm. and she was paying, so I went to school in oh. Boston. My sister went to school in New Haven, and that was okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. She didn't know right. anything about, she didn't know anything about a California, and she was not paying for it. So all was well, <laughs> and I did end up. I, I did end up getting here anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You got a um. You got the uh, the Gerbolti, uh Design Fellowship uh, in partnership with Culture Odyssey in San Francisco back in nineteen ninety eight. Yes. You 
you've lighted like uh, besides theater first and the Oakland Theater Project, African American Shakespeare Company. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mhm. And, uh, and wow. Cultural, cultural uh, Odyssey is Cultural Odyssey is one of my Cultural Odyssey and Afro Solo are two places that I go yeah. back to and go back. They're mm-hmm. they're truly truly home mm-hmm. bases for me. Yes. Right. We're getting ready. I'm getting ready to work on a project with Rodessa and Faye and the oh, Medea project. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna nice. work on a project together now. Mhm. That's excellent. That's excellent. Can you tell us what the name of it is, or is, is that still hush hush? It, it, it's it's in progress. It's in progress. They 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 they're coming to see the railroad station uh, projection oh, cool. piece, and it gave them an idea that something to do with the Medea project in mm-hmm. development. And okay. you know, knowing Roe as I do, because I've worked with her for probably thirty years, we're going to do something <laughs> fabulous in San Francisco. Oh, of course, it's going to be fabulous because that's her middle name, Miss Rodessa <laughs> Fabulous <laughs> Jones. <laughs> I was just thinking about you know the Mars, uh, you know, um, expedition, right? And what's it called? Um, it's got these great names. Um, in no, it's not endurance. Um, it's got not not perseverance. Anyway, it's got these great names. You know, the the name of the, mm. the helicopter. It's got a great name, mm. and and then and then the actual you know mission's got a great name. I was just wondering as I was looking in the um, the room, you know, everybody was like all excited about you know the success of the of the landing. Um, where the black women were in there, I couldn't I couldn't mm. find one. And I'm like, yeah. and I wanted to like send an email to somebody, you know, at NASA, you know, because I'm thinking about the black women who are responsible for NASA, right? You know, that's right. Um, that's right. That's right. And and you know, like being what it is, and they call them computers, right? <laughs> um, right. My mother they was did. a computer at Bayview Hunters Point uh, Shipyard. Wow. And yeah, and so I wanted to like, well, where are the black women? Are the black women still there, right? You know. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah. And you need to like make sure we see one of them on camera, and black men too, but black oh, women yes. specifically. Um, so That's anyway, right. I gotta gotta get an answer to that question. So I'm not gonna run through your whole bio because we won't be able to talk about the play. And so I wanted you to talk about <laughs> about this work and about you know your colleague uh, Michael Copeland uh, Snyder, who is an ancestor now, and just talk about you know sort of like you know the the projections, you know, all these, the research that went into finding these these um, uh, specific but composite stories that you use to tell what it was like for African-American men and women to work for, um, work as Pullman porters, and then the whole unionizing of it, um, you know, with mm-hmm. C.L. Dellums. And uh, and a Philip Randolph, who people might know from the March on Washington, and and also yes. the integration of of the military service and things like that. Yeah, right there in West Oakland. You know, the Dellums were right there, right in West Oakland, here where the train West station Oakland. is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. correct. That's correct. Well, originally, I I applied for to uh, the city of Oakland. This was the brand new program on public art. And I applied, mm-hmm. and they awarded me a grant uh, to go ahead and do an art installation. I had wanted to do it inside of the station. But the station was already condemned. So then Michael and I came up with the idea of projecting on the front of the building. 
And, you know, I was much younger and much less experienced. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a great idea. And it was a great idea. It was a great success. But I got to tell you, getting that piece up <clears throat> at the time, there was something called a xenon projector, used xenon gas. And so the hotel, what used to be a hotel across the street from the station, every weekend for two and a half or three months, we lugged these heavy, heavy and expensive projectors up the stairs into a room and shot it 300 feet to the surface. And we really were lucky because I hadn't done my uh, specifications check or any of that that I'm much more sophisticated and knowledgeable about. But we were really lucky that, indeed, it worked. So we lugged those projectors up there. We set up speakers in the parking lot. So people, when they sit in their cars, they roll their windows down because we didn't have the sophisticated digital technology we have now. They roll their windows down and they would hear it. So that was a lot, a lot, a lot of personnel work, carrying stuff, setting stuff up, taking it down. We couldn't. We had to take it up and down every time. And the research, you know, I, I realized the other day, <clears throat> I was sitting here, I'm working on a project at the Berkeley Historical Society, and it's the second year of African Americans in Berkeley, I realized I spend a whole lot of time with dead people. You know, I spend a whole lot of time resurrecting people, digging through dusty archives to find out who was where, when, you know, so that we never forget them. So Mm -hmm. it was a real pleasure to go to the various places and as you saw, there's a listing at the end of all the places I went to get information. The Oakland Public Library, there was a railroad library, <clears throat> there's a railroad uh, museum in Sacramento. And, you know, it, it was just, it was really, that part was wonderful. The carrying mm-hmm. up and down the stairs was horrible. And after mm-hmm. a while, my friends stopped answering their phones because I'd be calling them on a Thursday hey, can you come and help, you know, and they stopped, they stopped answering their phones because they were tired of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think our ancestors are the best, best people to hang out with. So, you know, um, that's great that, that that's your work too, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with, with the ancestors. That's that's where that's where it's at, you know, with the newborns and the ancestors. That's what it is. That's absolutely yeah. what it is, <clears throat> you know, and yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it a lot, um, and I'm I'm really liking finding out the history of African Americans in Berkeley, which which is mm-hmm. where I live, and I hadn't yeah. known a lot, um, and you were there. You came to year one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a three-year yeah. project. Yep. So oh, I will okay. definitely let you know when year two is happening. Which will probably okay. be in May. It'll be oh. it'll be it'll be virtual. It'll be virtual and on site. We're working hard on that right now. Okay. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's going to really be awesome. Great. Yes. Great. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Were there any particular yes. challenges? Um. You know, with um, in this particular iteration, um, and 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 any any pleasant surprises. There were. The the most pleasant surprise was my amazing team, Carla, mm-hmm. Dawn, and of course wonderful Kevin. Um, 
the challenges were when technology goes well, it goes well, and when it doesn't, it doesn't go. So it was one night, it was the preview night that we had to cancel because there was mm. problems with the technology. And the team and I are laughing because I'm saying, you know what, let's take back these digital projectors, get ourselves some Xenon projectors, and take them across the street and the way I did last time because, you know, they were mechanical. There was only so many things that could go wrong with that kind of a projector. The slide got stuck or there was no electricity. You know, it wasn't all of these tiny, tiny details that needed to be attended to in order for it to go. So last night when you saw it, it was projected on one side. It's supposed to come up right. on two sides. Okay. So okay. That yeah, that's what challenge. I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at least we got it to go. And they were there working for two hours on it. And then in the middle of the night, I got a text from Kevin and Carla, and they're like, oh, we figured it out, you know. And at least <laughs> the audience was able to, to see it and hear it. So, you know, uh, technology is challenging when it goes smoothly. And also, Wanda, because remember, we're taking it up and putting it up and taking it away every night. So every time you move that thing is another possibility for a challenge. And there's Mm -hmm. no way to leave it out in the elements. There's just no way. Mm -hmm. Right, no. no. Those are the challenges. Right, right, yeah. And and I'm sure, you know, this... You know, your experience can be a model for others that are thinking about doing something similar at at some point. Um, you could, like, tell them how you did it so that they don't have to, you know, recreate, um, Absolutely. you know, the technology. Well, not the technology, Absolutely. but recreate not just the technology, but, you know, sort of how to make it a little less, you know, um, make it a bit more stable. And um, I don't know if you already... Um, mentioned it because I got kind of sidetracked, but did you talk a little bit about, about the beautiful music? Oh, my gosh. It's so awesome. I love the music. Like, okay, well, what's the soundtrack? Who are who are these people singing? And I was like, I, I was trying to, like, catch a couple of lines so then I could look up the music, but I'm like, you're not going to be able to find this, Wanda. You need actually to know the sound, have the soundtrack, because I would, would have loved to have played something on the air. You know, um, just sort of mm-hmm. like a teaser, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know the names of any of these songs. Well, you know, um, Kevin has built upon the original sound score, which was 30 years ago. So okay. I might, somewhere in my dusty archives, have a listing of what those sounds are. Nice. But off the top of my head, I can't tell you. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, you know, it, it was beautifully put together. You know. Michael mm-hmm. Copeland Seidner did a really excellent job of putting all that together. And in those days, there weren't specializations. So Michael did everything. I did everything. We had mm-hmm. support from, you know, a researcher and an interview person. We had support from Dr. Cruchette. And it, oh. was, it was everybody did nice. everything. I think it's pronounced mm-hmm. Cruchette. We had um, yeah. everybody did everything. And he was an early supporter. He wrote a letter mm. so that we even got the grant, and he mm. he was an amazing, amazing, you know. Yeah. Person. Well, maybe you could tell tell people who Doctor Crochet is was. I mean, yeah, he was also um, one of the founders of the Northern California Center for African American History and Life. 
um, which yes. eventually, you know, the archives are, are founded the um, African American Museum and Library in Oakland. But yeah, yes. wow, you knew him. Oh my gosh, really? I, when I when I knew that him, is amazing. He, he he was in a tiny little branch over there on San Pablo and Stanford. Yeah, Street. yeah, Golden Gate Library. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you know, I walked in. I was so happy to see a black man there. We got to talking, and because you know, I'm a I'm a bibliophile, so I'm always in some library somewhere or buying some books somewhere. And mm-hmm. I walked in, I talked to him, and then when the project came up, I went back to him and said, this this is who I am, I'm a visual artist, could you please write a support letter? And then he he told me where to find various things and suggested which archives, which people to find. Uh, he was amazing. Yes, I, I did know him. I did know mm-hmm. him. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. I really, really liked, you know, um, as mm-hmm. as audience I really enjoyed um I mean I couldn't see from from my car um and um and also I have some vision stuff but um you know like the California Voice articles and um and you know just sort of like putting you know like okay this is not just because I say it's true this it was published and and then the details yeah. you know about about the how difficult it was you know, to be a Pullman Porter and how people felt like they were treated like like they weren't even human. They, they were like pieces of furniture that could talk and move the way they were treated by the passengers. And oh, yes. um, But they said it was better than being back on the, you know, back, you know, sharecropping right. or right. living That's on the right. plantation grounds where their ancestors were um, were enslaved. That was better than than being there. So they would just put up with it. But then the whole whole idea of like how the um uh how the women they wore silk um uh silk uniforms, you know, and they worked harder. Yes. Um the person who was narrating said than the men, but they had to buy their silk uniforms. And these women had been welders during World War Two because, you know, the men were you know, um, the white men <laughs> were were overseas, and and so the women were working. You know, they talk about Rosie the Riveter. You know, these black women were were doing right. these these um, right. these jobs in in the uh, war industry. And then when the men came back, they they got fired. So then they they had to That's find right. something to do. So so you you um you know you profile the story of one woman who um who worked uh, graveyard. So that uh-huh. she'd be home with uh-huh. her kids, you know, um, during sure, the day, yeah. <clears throat> and Shirley she could also Etheridge. sleep. Shirley Etheridge is her name, yes. Mm-hmm. Shirley Etheridge, and you know, um, that's another addition to the piece. Is that I thought, well, it's a theater company, so we need some theater, and so I yes. wrote the, you know, I had to channel a Pullman Porter's thoughts and language and cadence, mm-hmm. and so I wrote, yes. I wrote his script, also to educate the the listeners and the viewers on the history of this, you know, Pullman mm-hmm. right. hired black, black people for, for two reasons. One, initially, before the unionization, he paid them less. And second, he understood that white people liked to be waited on by black people. Mm-hmm. So it's a complicated history in terms of who got what and what benefits and what deficits were manifested through these jobs. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a people, we're so resilient and strong mm-hmm. that we made the best of it. 
regardless of the conditions. We made the best of it. And people were able to bond, have community. They lived there in West Oakland, you know, bought houses, had families, and thrived Mm -hmm. coming up from the South and thrived. Similar to what was going on in Berkeley. And San mm-hmm. Francisco. I haven't got. I haven't gotten to San Francisco yet, but um, mm-hmm. I've been studying Oakland and the East Bay Black history. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Berkeley. You know, South Berkeley in particular, and I. But also, I think some of the West Berkeley, and then, yeah, San Francisco. But also, I think here in Alameda too. Um, I mean, we. Mm-hmm. You know, we had these these spots, and and you wouldn't know it because what happened was, all the evidence has been. Um, bulldoze. It's sort of like what they do in Palestine, right? Um, they just go in with mm-hmm. the bulldozers and, and, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, there was nothing here. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was something here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the way, you know, wherever, and the way wherever, indigenous and the way indigenous mm-hmm. folks have been treated as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms definitely. of bulldo- yeah. bulldozing, building malls on top of, you know, sacred grounds. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even if there are no artifacts, we are the best artifact because we're still here. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not only are we still here, but we're thriving amidst all of these challenges, all of these challenges. You know, it is heartbreaking mm-hmm. to me about the unhoused folks and the proportion uh, yes. of them that mm-hmm. are African-American. I mean, my heart hurts for mm-hmm. all of them, but I see mm-hmm. somebody black, mm-hmm. I see myself. When I see somebody mm-hmm. on the streets in Berkeley who really needs some mental health services and they're mm-hmm. black you know my heart hurts Mhm. yeah 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 and then a lot of them are veterans too yep yep mm-hmm. yep a lot of veterans a lot of veterans from vietnam war Mhm. yeah and then and then you know formerly incarcerated folks you know um yep mm-hmm. i mean they're and we mostly can do, we men. can do better Mm-hmm. Oh, we can definitely, and it's so much, cold because I was in my car and I was cold. I couldn't, I can't even imagine, um, you know, how it would feel to not be housed in in the weather. You know, when it's raining and when it's wet, um, and and it's just chilly when the sun goes down. It just gets really, really chilly. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm really excited about, you know, your extension. Congratulations. Do you want to give folks the uh, information on how to get tickets and all that good stuff? Or do you want me to yeah, do that? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if you have it in front of you, go ahead. Yeah, I have it. I have it in front of me, yeah. So okay. um, OaklandTheaterProject.org is the website, and they love web activity. Oakland Theater Project with an E-R on theater. And... Um, and you need to get your ticket in advance because they're not selling tickets when you get there because want to keep you safe, right? Um, so, um, and you can also call five one zero six four six eleven twenty six five one zero six four six eleven twenty six. And again, that uh, website is OaklandTheaterProject.org. And what else do you need to know? Um, it's been extended a week. Um, the um, performances are all at 7.30, and the gate opens at 7, so you want to, like, be there around 7 um, or earlier, but you'd be sitting there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and as I said, it's um, 
uh, it's a real fun experience, you know, going to the parking spot and then, you know, finding finding the theater on your radio dial. So you need you need you need access to some kind of technology that can play a radio. It's a local FM station, but it's it's specific to the uh the geography of that spot. And uh and right. tickets are twenty five to fifty dollars online. Um and then there's also the pay what you can available. Um, That's right. Which is unique to uh, Oakland Theater Project, formerly Ubuntu Theater, and uh, again, no door sales, so you got to get your ticket in advance. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, and this is a 30th anniversary production of Binding Ties, a 16th Street Station, created by again our guest Stephanie Ann Johnson with Michael Copeland Snyder, and it it opens up the 2021 season for. Oakland Theater Project. So we are so excited um, for this opening production because we know we know Stephanie, <laughs> and we're really yes, excited for her to be opening a season. Right? Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> has this happened before? This is so awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> and um, you know, people people can reach me on my website, which is Light Essence Design www.lightessencedesign.com. That's where you can find me. And if you have any history to tell me, I'm I'm here to hear it, and then I will put it in my projects. <laughs> right. Cool. Super. We're looking forward to um, May for um, uh, the next iteration. Um, and uh, yeah, light essence design. Congratulations on this really wonderful. Um, uh, you know, remounting of the work. Um, it's really important work. Uh, we can't we can't let our people just vanish, right? No, ma'am. We can't no, let no, these no, stories no, just no. vanish. And, no, they will uh, not. They no, they will yeah, not. Yeah. So this is how we 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 stay. We you know we keep our our folks alive, and this is how you know we don't just you know all of our history and culture just eventually you know just disappears. So it's really important right. work. No, it will not. No, it will not. <laughs> thank you excellent, for all that excellent. you do. You know, thank you for all that you do, Wanda, to keep things from disappearing and your rituals and your history and your public presence and your media skills. Really appreciate you. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome. So it's always a pleasure and looking forward to our next conversation, particularly about our collaboration. That's going to be heck of cool. So I'll be giving you a jingle. <laughs> Please do. I've got, I've got a great idea. We're going to run it. Okay. All righty. Super. <laughs> well, you Thank take you. care. You're welcome. Thank Have a good rest much. of the day. You're welcome. All right. You Keep be well. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye. So we are going to play um, – uh, a song by uh, Frederick uh, Frederick. Uh, I'm make sure I pronounce his name correctly. Ah, the composer and pianist that's being featured um, at Del Sol uh, tomorrow in a concert with uh, with Jenny Lim uh, Jeffsky. Yeah, Frederick Jeffsky. When I was listening to um, Charleston talk about Charlton, sorry, talk about um his his body of work and he mentioned um coming together which um which is uh a uh uh 
a tribute to um, uh, one of the persons at Attica and his letters, and I don't know if they were writing each other. I wanted to, I, I looked for that and I found it. I'm not sure if I can play it all because we have another guest that's going to be in the studio <laughs> shortly. Um, but I don't know, maybe I should play that last and I could play the people will. No, I want to play this. I'm going to play Coming Together because I, yeah. So I'm going to play a little bit of that while I get our next guest into the studio. I think the combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. I think the combination of age and the greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now, and I can tell you, truthfully, few periods in my life have passed so quickly. I think combination of age and a greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now, and I can tell you truthfully, few periods my life has passed so quickly. I am in excellent physical and emotional combination of age and the greater coming together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. Six months now, and I can tell you I think 
together is responsible for the speed of the passing time. It's six months now, and I can tell you truthfully, few periods in my life have passed so quickly.
Oh, David. Oh, it worked. I wasn't quite certain. Um, I want to let our audience know. We were listening uh, again to Coming Together, and that was uh, Frederick uh, uh, Jeske. Um, his work um, sort of inspired by um, a, a, a person who was killed in the Attica um, uprising, who um, these were his letters. That, that's what you were listening to. Wow. So we're real excited to be speaking to you, uh, Mr. Uh, David Henderson about Malcolm X and uh, anything else you want to talk about. So uh, how are you today? Okay, good. As you know, a little short notice, but, yeah, everything is – I'm here in New York. It's snowing. Or it was snowing. Yeah, it's snowing again. And, um, you know, things are quiet, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the, the virus and everything. Right, right, but yeah. Let's talk yeah. about Malcolm. I'm really happy to be able to do, donate – to, to co- completely focus on him. Mm, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to read your bio, and then we can, you know, sort of talk about him. Um, and, and sort of, you know, like I, I thought about you immediately because you're a New Yorker. And, uh-huh. and, and you know, and, and you're a really good friend, you know, we're a good friend of QR Hand. And... Um, and there's a picture with your hand with Malcolm in the same room. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, so you all like knew El Haj Malik El Shabazz. Like, wow, that's well, we were in the really same cool. Room. Oh, he was wonderful. He was like an angel. He was like an angel. Yeah. Mm. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, when yeah, we were... let me read your bio that, that you sent us, um, sure. and then we can continue the conversation. Uh, so, David Henry. You hear me says, okay, right? Oh, I hear you. Excellent. I hear Great. you. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, David Henderson was connected to the Black Arts Movement through the Umbra Workshop, where he served as an editor of their magazine and editor of the three Umbra anthologies, The Mayor of Harlem um, and Neo California are his best known books of poetry. He has read a selection of his poetry for the permanent. For the permanent um, archive, archive of the of the, of the, Nat, of the Library of Congress, um, author of the lyrics of Sunrise Composition, Love in Outer Space, he uh, also recorded with the saxophonists and composers Ornette Coleman and David Murray, and the cornist uh, and composer Butch Mom Butch Butch Morris. Author of the biography, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky, Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Chow, he wrote and produced an award-winning two-hour documentary on the African-American beat poet Bob Kaufman for National Public Radio and Pacifica Radio, which inspired a critically acclaimed film, And When I Die, I Won't Stay Dead, directed by Billy Woodbury. Yeah, I've had... um, Billy Woodbury um, on my radio show about another oh. another piece. Yeah, um, was this when you were in in Berkeley um, that you did this work on on Bob Kaufman, or or were you in New York again? No, that was Berkeley. Um, that was Berkeley. Okay. We um, uploaded it from at KQED uh, in San Francisco to the mm-hmm. satellite, and we you know we it was satellite. Distributed all over the world by by satellite, mm, and so I nice. wanted to I wanted to do that see how see how it was done and 
it was done with videotape at the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so I was, I was exciting. Yeah, yeah. Is it still available? Yeah, uh, I think it's available through Pacifica, but it also is available, you know, it's, um, oh, who's got that now? Someone's. Well, I know the lot the the uh, K KPF KPF the W the Pacifica archive I know mm-hmm. has uh, has a copy that they do okay. that they um distribute. You know. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. there should be some other entities too, but that part I'm not so up on right now cuz we're working on other projects, so but that mm-hmm. one I'm going to solidify that one better so we will be consistently available to the public um, oh, at some point super. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and also the film, um, And When I Die, I Won't Stay Dead, um, is that is that also available? That's Woodbury's film, and he's at Cal Arts in uh, mm-hmm. L.A. And uh, right. it's distributed, you know, that, that's not, I just let him use some of our recordings from Roscoe Lee Brown uh, uh, saying the poetry of Bob Kaufman from that book called um, um, Ancient Rain, you know, and some mm-hmm. other things uh, from our, from our, um, uh, you know, um, uh, documentary. But that was audio. The, we only did audio. He did, uh, of course, his is a film. Right. So he mm-hmm. used Roscoe Lee Brown. That's great because Roscoe was one of the great, uh, persons to read poetry and been doing it for decades. Bless his soul. He's he passed away a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, but he he's, he was really very helpful to us and always has been. You know. Yeah, yeah. Russell Lee Brown was wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and you were a poet in residence at the City College of New York, and you taught in a. Cooney's uh, SEEK, S-E-E-K, program, and you've been a visiting professor at the University of California, Berkeley, UC San Diego, the State University of New York at Stony Brook, and Wesleyan College, Wesleyan University. Uh, most recently, you became the first fellow of the Lost and Found Poetics Initiative out of the Center for the Humanities at Cooney's Graduate Center in New York. Um, yeah, that's done with, but they're doing very well, and they have um, some great programs going now. We we want them to put something together, and, and we're still working on archives and things of that nature, but with more community groups now, because uh, CUNY, <laughs> they are, um, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're doing well now with their programs also, so we you know. Mm-hmm. That was about five years. That was enough of that. That's enough academia for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're um, you're Brooklyn um, born and raised. Um, Harlem. 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 Harlem born and raised. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. In fact, we didn't. I I never went to Harlem and I mean into Brooklyn until. I was well, uh, you know, left home. <laughs> That's how oh, far. Wow. I was. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know, right. I went to Lower East Side before I went to Brooklyn because Brooklyn's another, still like another world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is its own thing for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, close but not not the same at all. 
Yeah, so tell us about, um, you know, um, uh, Malcolm X and, and, and the intersection of his work and your life. Well, you know, Malcolm X, you know, when he came along, it was rather out of the blue for me because I didn't, I wasn't following the black Muslims, you know. I was, I was um, you know, in my late teens, and I mm-hmm. began to hear about him because over the grapevine, this guy Malcolm X, who was hanging out in Harlem and, you know, and, and with the Muslims, which I didn't know much about them either, or Islam, or anything, and so he was a really important part of my education. But um, what happened was Malcolm began to be heard. The stuff he was saying was being heard, and he was like an angel because he was saying things that we had second thoughts about saying, you know, like crit- critiques of the police and, you know, talking about our rights, et cetera, et cetera, and, of course, We'll never forget one time when they they arrested a Muslim in Harlem, and and uh, Malcolm X and a whole bunch of Muslims walked and stood outside the police station in a rank and file, completely peaceful, peaceful, but with dark suits on, and and just stood there, and the cops let the guy go. But it was like really, he showed us things that we could do, and. You know, he, and so when he went to Mecca and then became um, a full-fledged Muslim, which, of course, did not mean that much to me. I was more interested in what he was doing. But anyway, he he, he left the Muslims and um, went out on his own. I, and and then, you know, and then, of course, there was all that, those problems, and he wanted to uh, do something for world peace. You know, um, but then he he was um, assassinated at the Autobahn Ballroom, and that was the thing which um, I I don't even like to go near that place, and they're going to tear it down now. Some people had been going to parties there, and I I told one of the brothers from the West Coast, I said, he was talking about the the dances they had at the Autobahn. I said, man, you know, I said, we don't dance at the Autobahn. You know, we we don't go there. And and they stopped going there too, but you know, because that's I was just telling the truth, you know, that was not a a spot to have festivities. But but one thing that Malcolm did for us was because he died as as he died, we started with Amiri Baraka because we were all living downtown. Amiri Baraka, Leroy Jones were living downtown, and so were the Umber poets living mm-hmm. downtown. You know, and um, we. Uh, and Mary came to us and said, look, he wanted to start a black theater, and would we help him raise money? And we, of course we did, and we helped him build the theater and publicize it and and re- read poetry at the opening house, and it was wonderful. And, and this was all in response to the fact that when Malcolm died, we had to do something. We had to do something that was really important to us. And so we got together because we were all so morbidly unhappy about that, you know, and so that gave us a, an energy that still to this day is happening very strongly. And some people say, oh, well, the black arts movement, especially the scholars, you know, who I, I love scholars, but they're always trying to get the dates and things. And I say, well, and they say, oh, the black arts movement was started, in, you know, in, in uh, this date and, and then, uh, you know, and so forth and so on. And we say, look, and it's still going. 
you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. you look at hip hop, or you know, you look at the Harlem Renaissance, you look at hip hop. There's a continuum there. You know, look at all the poets and all the black writers out there now. When we started Umbra, and and, and then we, we did the Black Arts Movement, there were very few black writers known to the mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now there's so many. And that's what we wanted. We wanted people, whatever you wanted to read, you would have a choice. That's what we wanted to see happen. And that's what's happening. And other things we never even thought of because we just make the things possible and then there's all these wonderful things happening, and the, and the youth to come up with hip hop, which is a brilliant thing. Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. all those good. This is wonderful, you know. And 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 we're still doing our thing, you know. So it's all a, a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing. And I'm really proud of how we were able to do something with the, that energy that Malcolm inspired in us, you know. You know, and Spike Lee, bless his heart, you know, he did a beautiful movie about Malcolm. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it, it, I think that it's, it's its a great thing that Malcolm came to us, and he is a, is a holy person to us still, and, you know, and um, we just uh, have his, you know, picture drawings of him, all kinds of artwork, photos all over the place. I have some right here in my house. And I'm glad to see them every time I look up and see Malcolm smiling at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it was tough, but it, I'm glad that it came out okay. It was the, 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 the spirituality brought us through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. Wow. So I wrote a bunch of poems about Malcolm and stuff. And oh, okay. I remember Talani, Talani mm-hmm. Davis wrote an opera. That's a Talani. Oh yes, he did. Yeah, you that was that really thing? beautiful. Mm. And and I asked, I said, well, where'd you get the I, the, the idea from? She said, well, you saw your poem was in um, one of the Umbras that had a poem about him and Malcolm and and um, Eliza Muhammad. And she and I never even thought that it crossed her mind, but of course, we all inspire each other. So that mm-hmm. little thing there, you know, she built it to that. Film, you know, to that uh, play, that opera, it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now nah, I just saw her recently. Um, she did a tribute to Joseph Jarman, and she's uh, teaching school in uh, Wisconsin, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, for yeah. for the youth, teachers mm-hmm. are really important. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So have have you like in your in your home? Talk a little bit about about your your home life like you know cuz sounds like you know you grew up with literature oh lord but you know i was a little readaholic and i went to i was lucky i went to private school in harlem mm-hmm. you know uh at the school on the hill and it was and we competed you know and we did plays in the afternoon and i mm-hmm. loved that school and um it was and it was very advanced uh, academically but we never had the feeling that we were doing anything special it was just we were just competing with each other, and it was you know most it was all black kids, you know, and mm-hmm. it was a it was a church school and a and a and a uh oh david canoe uh, uh and up up the street a half a block is um 
uh, brother, um, oh, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, the activist. <laughs> Dropping his name, but Sharpton. Sharpton has his group there. You know, right mm-hmm. near that. Place. Oh, and Al Sharpton. Oh, the pastor. Al, yeah. Al, yes. And uh, you go down another half, another block in the other direction, and you get the A train and the D train. So, you know, and then I was living with my parents around the corner on mm-hmm. on Hamilton Terrace, you know, which is now the places of millions of dollars. But that was the school we went to, and and we were all, a lot of us were latchkey kids because our parents worked and my father was in the military, um, mm-hmm. you know, fighting these wars. You know, but uh, so we there was all of all these kids who had the we call it last key because they had the, the the key to the front door around their neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, we sure so we did. We all had yeah. the keys to our apartment, and mm-hmm. uh, we would hang out together. And the the old the the mothers, you know, and the, and the elderly ladies would be looking out the window, looking at you know looking over us, and then there'll be brothers on the street corner looking out for us. And so we always had supervision, you know. You know what I mean? It was really beautiful now that I think about it. I never thought about it that way, but I always knew that whenever we did something wrong, there were some people on the corner or out of a window to tell us to, 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 to do the right thing, you know. And uh, we, we obeyed them. You know, we were, we, we, you know, so that was, so my first home life was in Harlem, which was really all black. We saw some white people who were walking to City College, which is not far from there, maybe three or four blocks. And that was just an, a, an anomaly, you know, um, but we never tri- tripped on it or, or, you know, had a big discussion about black, white people, but, um, once I grew up and and then, you know, went out on my own, I left home when I was a teenager and, and went out and lived in the village, in, in the East Village, I began to see the interracial society that I had not known of before. Oops. Oh, Lord, I dropped my phone. Anyway, so that, and then we moved to the Bronx and, um, mm-hmm. I became a doo-wop singer, and we had a wonderful group, and we just sang. And the guys who 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 um, did Shaboom, <laughs> they were our management, but they, you know, they had a white Cadillac. But they they were some nice guys, and they sang the original version of Shaboom, which is later copied by a, a, a white group called the Crew Cuts. It was a big hit. And um, but then we we did a lot of doo wop in local communities and 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 that's what got uh, crossed the lines between races because you know there was all this always this racial you know tension but the music really helped and one of them cats you know got into our group and was singing you know for a while with us you know and that was a cool thing so. So then, you know, I went downtown and um, and we saw and I discovered Umbra because um, mm-hmm. they were putting it together. When I was I went downtown and we would go to the poetry readings in the community. All the local poets would come and read. And one day, Calvin Harrington came in straight from the south. Some college I never heard of, 
that I thought was Ethel Waters College, but it was another name of someone from Florida, with his wife and his son, and he was great. He was an immediate sensation, and Calvin grew to be one of the major poets on the Lower East Side for for a good time before he, he went to Europe and then came back and became a professor at Oberlin and um, wrote those books about the sex and racism in America and coming together in these great books of poetry. So he was a real, you know, and there were others like Ishmael Reeb is in Umbra. Uh, he became very well known and still to this day. He's, uh, you know, and Tom Dent who went back to, from, he was the real founder of Umbra. He put us, he brought us all together, Tom Dent. He went back. His father was the president of Dillard University in um, New Orleans. And Tom, we broke the umbra up after a while, you know, because people wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to be activists. They didn't want to be in a workshop. And we had enough uh, criticism to give us a good idea of how we were doing with the poetry. And that's all we needed. We didn't need to belabor that fact, or you know, but we did believe in being truthful when we, you know, when we had crit- critiques. And that was helpful because, you know, it, it, it didn't help if you just, was nice to somebody. No, they they wanted the critique, and that's what they needed to hear from you, even if it was tough sometimes. Sometimes people got angry or cried or, you know, were hurt, and but they always came back and did better. So that's what the, the workshop was all about. So Tom went down mm-hmm. south. I later joined up with those guys at the Free Southern Theater, which was a part of SNCC and uh and the SCLC and all that stuff, you know, it was it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know, I didn't know until I, years, some years later, how important it was for me to witness that. Like I guess when he, after the march on Washington or something. But I'm glad to have witnessed this. And then there was another brother in Umbra, Lorenzo Thomas. He was at Queens College. And he went into the military. I said, well, what is he going to the military for? But he went to Vietnam, and he was a lieutenant, and he got all his experiences and wrote about it. And, and then now I say to myself, you know, I kind of wish I had been able to see uh, Vietnam because I didn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, we, were, we were anti-war activists, but Lorenzo went over there and experienced it firsthand. And, I really respected him for that, and I'm glad that he broadened my experience because we didn't have to have only our own singular experience, but we could, with the workshop, have the the, the experience of people in the workshop who would come back and tell us about what was happening with those areas, whether it be down south in the USA or Central Asia, you know, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I could go on and on. Norman Pritchard was a part of Umbra, and and um, and a woman named Nora Hicks, who was a brilliant uh, 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 po- po- political thinker, and Brenda Brenda uh, Walcott, who was a dancer and now is a playwright. And oh, we had a, a, a wonderful groups of people. I, IKEA um, Toure. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to ask you? Right away, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Wow. So what is um, Umbra, what does that mean, Umbra? Oh, it's um, it's one of the phases of the, of, of the eclipse. 
It's, oh, um, it's, oh, that's so that's, true. Yes, yes, it is. Let's do phenomenon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, were you an only child, or did you have siblings? I have a I have a brother, who's um who's I'm I'm about um yeah who's who's about twelve years younger than I I I was. So we did not mm-hmm. grow up as children together, but we were we were together, you know. Um wow. but while he was growing you know, growing up and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I yeah. was a great baseball player too and he kinda of was oh. more into drumming and basketball, but I played, you know, in the little league and um mm-hmm. that was a great experience also to play organized sports. Yeah. You know, and we had our cousins. The Henderson brothers left Virginia, which is about an hour and a half from Washington, in 1900. And six of them took the bus or the train to um, the, 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 around where they have Newburgh and, and, um, and Poughkeepsie, the, 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 the valley up here uh, in, in, in the East Coast. It's just above New York City about uh, 60 miles from New York, so you can take the Metro North to uh, Newburgh and Poughkeepsie and Beacon, New York. And um, that's where my people since the 1900 moved there and, you know, and to Schenectady and Albany, all up. And that Schenectady and Albany are, are the capitals of, of New York State. Of New York State. That's, Albany is where the, the state government is. And um, all of those little towns between New York City and and Albany, where the government is, that's all little people who who either work in New York City or work in Albany. And so, and there's just kind of like a suburban thing, you know. But with a, with a, a lot of black people like our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, wow. Do you ever um, go back to Virginia? I went back here and I, I met my uncle and the Hendersons there who were just so impressive. You know, that's and it's in um, Monroe County. And Monroe is one of the people who signed the uh, Constitution and one of the activists mm-hmm. yeah. the Constitution. But the Hendersons are, are country people and they're really... I think they're very attractive, you know, very well put together, you know, um, country people. They're not, you know, city cityfied. They live in the country and they they farm. And I remember my uncle Dixie, <laughs> that's his name, who had to farm with the view of the, the the Blue Ridge Mountains. But he had muscles in his hands from you know using the axe all of his life and had a a hog as bigger than he was. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. that was just astounding to me, you know. But uh, I love the, the the strength, you know, that being a farmer built, you know. And um, they were always near their food, you know, and 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 knew how to take care of it and cook it and grow it, and, and you know that was very impressive to me, you know. Now I'm I'm mainly a vegan. You know, mm-hmm. I eat some meat sometimes, but um, mainly veganism and try to get organic food, well, well-made well food, you know, food that's grown nearby if possible. Um, 
and get the organic stuff and, and eat it and take care of it and treat it well. And part of that is inspired from my from my uncle and some of the people who are close to the earth from the family. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're gonna share some of your poetry with us, and I was just I just looked um, found another biography of yours that's a little more not as modest, and uh, so I was just reading from it, and it says um, in a uh, in, in in an article uh, on you in the Dictionary of Literary Biography, Terry Joseph Cole describes you as, quote, the literary heir of Langston Hughes. And Cole writes, your poetry makes use of personal experience, popular culture, and European and, and American mythologies to create a new mythology for the people of Harlem and the castaways on Manhattan Island, um, end quote. And... Um, and he writes, continues, he clothes himself in, quote, the mantle of the traditional African storyteller and chronicler. And so, um, yeah, uh, that's, wow, that's pretty cool, the literary heir of Langston Hughes. And, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a little reading of Langston Hughes um, uh, with my classes. Yeah. His, his book, Dog Carnival, was a book I read when I first got in the, I, one of my first jobs was in the post office, the Harlem branch, and uh-huh. um, I read his Dark Carnival. The, he wrote poems for kids, and it really helped me too because it, it, it gave me the you know the confidence, and and I could see what he was doing in his writing, and it was completely open and accessible to to the mm-hmm. young readers. It was wonderful. Yeah, and he yeah. was. He, and he he inspired me, and he told me what I, now I'm doing today. He said, you know, I wrote a lot of long poems. He said, well, you know, you can write short ones too, you know. And and then he chose some for his anthology with, that he did with On the Bond Temps and New, ne- uh, yeah. New Negro Poetry. And I got mm-hmm. mentioned in Time Magazine when he did a 1964 an, uh, anthology, um, you know, and... <laughs> He's wonderful. He's a wonderful guy, and I, I'm so sorry that he couldn't have lived, you know, into his triple digits, you know, I mean, 100 at least, you know. But yeah. mm-hmm. he really inspired so many of us. Now, when we had Umbra, first of mm-hmm. all, he was our mentor, and he gave us his oh. his, 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 his um, address book, and the people subscribed right away. <laughs> And um, and he he um, and half of the poets there, Calvin Herrington and Tom Dent and Raymond Patterson, and mm-hmm. he knew them. They had met because they had sought them out. Langston and Arna Bontemps, you know, Gwendolyn Brooks, they would go read all over the country, and, and you know, in these small towns, and they would cultivate the youth of that town and remember them and communicate with them. And uh, I was so impressed by that. It meant a lot to us, too, because we did feel that we had a connection, although there were few black writers uh, at that time. We had a connection with them through Langston Hughes and, and, and Gwendolyn Brooks that gave us the impetus to, to you know, forge a black arts movement that now there's so many books by black people, including Africans from Africa, this guy. 
just got here. They published some books about their experiences. It's really mm-hmm. wonderful. And then we have all these black American writers, and we have, and we got black youth because you know they used to call us Negroes, and we said in the workshop, workshop we said, look, we said we ain't gonna be no Negro. We black, you know, and uh, and people argued that, and some people got so angry. <laughs> And we used to get thrown out of people's house. We'd go out to the suburbs and to read poetry and to talk to people out there. And they said, they say that this black thing got to stop. And they get so mad at us. But we we would just keep going with it. And it it won it won the day. It won the day. Mm-hmm. And and people like Malcolm was Malcolm X was partially responsible for that because he was a black Muslim. And he said, you know what? We we don't need to be no no, no nobody's Negro, no. We're gonna be black, you know, and that's stuck. And now and then, when Obama became the first black president, you see, because we have a designation for every person of color, they can be black, you know, and that works. <laughs> it works so beautifully. I'm, you know, and <laughs> thanks to Langston yeah. and Malcolm and our, and our forefathers. Yeah, and you also think about, you know, thanks to uh, the General um, Dessalines, right, um, who um, said, you know, after, you know, Haiti, IET, was um, was um, independent nation, you know, of, of Europe, you know, when they kicked Napoleon out, he mm-hmm. said, you know, everyone here is black. Then he ripped the white out of that flag, right, and put the red and the blue together. Right, oh, that's Right. That's my gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness. If we, I wish we could do something to help Haiti better because, you know, yeah. they, you know, they mm-hmm. just stood for so much. And was so, and, mm-hmm. and that they won their revolution before the United States was uh, won yeah, their, that's right. theirs. And help mm-hmm. the United States win their liberty. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they were here. Um, you know, the generals were here on, on this soil. You know, helping this nation get its independence. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And some of my best friends have, have been Haitian, and um, mm-hmm. to hear them talk that French, and then of course I read some of the some of the books that the, the, some of the scholars who were presidents of of Haiti, or well, mm-hmm. many of them were scholars of um, the religion, the, the African religion, and so they had a lot. Mm-hmm. Have to say, I still read of that, of those writings, because I think I find them very relevant. And um, and there's so many musicians like uh, Sanabria, Bobby Sanabria, who's a local guy. He plays drums and and congas and has an orchestra and is wonderful. He knows all the history of the of the religions and the groups and the, and what the music means and how it was in Cuba. And and Puerto Rico and coming through the, you know, you know, coming through Jamaica and stuff. He's just, he's wonderful. So you can really appreciate the stories and what you're told from talking to the people who have studied this stuff. And so and then you can study this up. Get the books and sit right down there, right next to me here at my desk. <laughs> mm-hmm. More than I should have, but that's okay. I'm gonna have more than less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, the Schomburg, you know, which is right there in Harlem, is doing a really wonderful uh, series this month. And on Monday they're going to be having, um, they're going to be talking about Hajj Malik. There's a new book out 
that features his mother as well as the mothers of of two other um, um, uh, civil and human rights activists. And uh, so it's going to be a great conversation. I've been and, catching them. And the them. family, right? Because his father, Malcolm X's father, was a, a Garveyite. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, this is a new book that sort of looks at his mother and and, wow. and what happened after, um, you know, her husband was killed. And and they and they threw her for 25 years, you know, committed her to um, a um, uh, a mental hospital. 25 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, and then she got out. Yeah, yeah. This this white. Uh, I was listening last night to the Commonwealth Club. Uh, the author was on, and um, and so this is from from that that conversation that she had that I was listening to. Um, she said, the author said that um, uh, after um, Malcolm X's father was killed and, you know, his mom had, you know, these children that she had to raise, um, I think they uh, were getting help from the government and, you know, how nosy they were and how they all in the, the family's business. And so, so she had... Um, another relationship with another uh, another man after her husband was killed and she had another child and the doctor decided that she shouldn't have any more children and because she had this child and she was raising all of her children um well he said that um I don't I'm, the word wasn't feeble minded but that was a sort of a go to term but that she was unfit to take care of her children, and he committed her to an institution because wow. also because you know she was she was she you know she was a stand up woman you know she was a Garveyite <laughs> so you know mm-hmm. she wasn't going right. down with you know this, like this racism and white supremacy crap um, so yeah so you know that's yeah the, so her, her words had her committed. Mm-hmm. Hmm? That was in the book you were read about the subject that you yeah this this is in the this is the this is a, in the new book that I'm telling you about that the author is going to be speaking um, with um, Ethel Schomburg um, they're having a a um, a series that they're for this month and uh, and she's going to be speaking on Monday mm-hmm. well yeah. I will I will, I will be there I'll get I'll go there and buy the book I'm so glad to know this because you know well, I well you have to buy it online. Yeah, at the Schomburg oh. online. You know, the, you know, it's not open. Open. You're gonna have to watch this. It's in. It's oh, uh, it's oh, on their YouTube. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well that's yeah. that's the way most things are going these days. I act like it doesn't happen, but I will. Whichever way it's presented, I'll buy it. Whatever mm-hmm. it's for sale. But um, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, and I I feel kind of um, that I should have. I, I, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But gee, oh, that's, that's okay. Really, um, yeah, well, that's why you're talking to me, <laughs> so you so you don't miss it. <laughs> so it's all right. It's, it's all good. Wanda's fiction. That's what we do here, right? <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, we have to teach each other because that's what we did on the corner. That's where I first heard the poetry, the the the, the hip hop, no, the uh, rhyming stuff, the uh, you know the, the the rhyming stuff that people knew by heart. You know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they would say it in the street, and I said, "What what what was that? Where did that come from?" And they would. Do shine, and all of them traditional poems that they memorize and go down through the years. You know, some people heard it in prison and or heard it on the street corner or whatever. But um, 
I'm glad to know about Mahatma Gandhi. I know that she was a strong woman. She could take care of her children. I knew that, yeah. so I, I, did, I never even thought that the, the, the government would dare do that. And, and, and this, that, this oh, is yeah. in Kentucky, Kentucky or some part of the near south, right? In the um, Midwest or something? I I don't know. Um I don't know yeah. where 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 she was living when um when they took her children. I thought she was in New York. Um I thought she was oh, there where you are cuz I thought that's but I don't remember wherever wherever you know he they were when he was killed. Um yeah, that that's where it happened. But it's called Mother Tongue, the philosophy of Malcolm X and and the uh the the author that wrote the book that I'm telling you about her name is Anna um, Malika Tubbs, and the name of the book is Three Mothers, How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped the Nation. And and then they're going to have other other authors um, with her, but she's the person that I was mentioning. And it's Monday, February 22nd at 6.30 p.m. online. And uh, they're going to have, say that, what, what's your question? February what? 22nd, Monday. Got it. Okay. At six thirty p.m. and um, it's I'll link to it um here, um in the description of the program. But I'll just email this to you right now. Okay, so now send it around to the folks here. With people who try to stay up on things. Lord have mercy. Three mothers. That was Mom yeah. and Mrs. Mother. Martin Luther King's yeah. mother. Or okay. And and James Baldwin's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was listening to really um. Yeah, James Baldwin was really close to his mother, and and so was his brother David. And really, yeah. really, really beautiful stories about. And I, I, I'm a, I love James Baldwin. Did you get a chance? Well, you're in New York, so and you knew James Jimmy Baldwin, Baldwin too. very well. When I was ah. a, a teaching at at UC, no, at UCSD yeah. in San Diego, we were mm-hmm. able to get him um, the the Regents lectureship. Which meant that mm-hmm. he toured, went to all the campuses and made talks and had lunch with the 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 the, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, presidents of the colleges. So, but I, but I was at UC San Diego, and I went with Bob when he he had lunch with the uh, with with the president and the people, you know, the chief of the college, and all these guys were like. Seven feet tall, you know, and Jimmy was about five feet five, you know. So those mm-hmm. guys, but you know, Bowman had so much poise, you know. Mm-hmm. He was wonderful. Yeah. Um, we went to L.A. We drove. We took the train. I took him on the train up from San Diego to uh, L.A. You mm-hmm. know, and then they threw a Hollywood party for him, <laughs> and it was he was so he was so it was wonderful, beautiful. He spoke at. UCLA, and then they gave him a, a a nice big Hollywood party with you know the actors and directors and and actresses and oh just wonderful. And then mm-hmm. we went back to New York and we and I left in the in that tour. We actually stayed up all night hanging out with uh, some my friend Rex, who's an actor and director and some other people, and he was just standing there. I said. Jimmy, man, you gonna go get some sleep? He said, "No, he was t- having a drink. It was dawn." I said, "Okay, mm-hmm. well, look, I got to You know, I, I was, you know, I was married then, so I had to go. I said, I, 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 "I'll go, go home and you know, check in the house." But you no, know, but we, but we had gone to see Angela Davis and had a nice round table with 
her and some of the other locals, and Jimmy was so generous like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's missed. He he really did devote himself to uh, speaking to the subjects, of the, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. I saw him debate with um, M, M, MLK, you know. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, he was wonderful, and he was always accessible. You know, he did not have mm-hmm. an attitude or mm-hmm. anything, no matter, you know, yeah, great person. He he, mm-hmm. he was, uh, uh, of course, J- Richard Wright had become a, an exile, and um, oh. so we, we were not able to get, see Richard Wright because he was living in Paris. He even wrote mm-hmm. a novel from the point of view of a white guy. <laughs> And um, I don't know. He he had trouble, and then he wrote this most recent book that they won't publish, and I don't understand why. So I'm trying to deal with that. But they published everything else of his. I don't know why this one shouldn't be published. Hmm. But his wife, something I don't understand it to tell you the truth. But we but we should find this out, you know, because um, it doesn't have to be a masterpiece, but it's. The la- his last words from Paris, you know. Anyway. Yeah, that would be oh. nice. That would be very nice to hear um, his last words from Paris because I don't know. It sounds really traumatic. What happened to him? You know, right before he he died. Um, doesn't seem like it was a good space. Oh, not at all. Not at all. John. Yeah, John he was like wrote a whole. Uh, Novel about it, and then uh, uh, another a woman wrote a uh, autobi a biography about it. So mm-hmm. we know that he was not a happy camper in that hospital yeah. in France. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I I won't even go to France. When I when I've been in Europe, I have France. I've gone to Scandinavia. I've gone to Germany, to mm-hmm. the to the Netherlands, and and not that they're any any better in, in many ways, but. I just, I just don't don't. I have no reason to go to Paris. Mhm. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just, that's just the way it is. You know. Yeah. I can I can do without it. Oh, right. Lord. Well, we've been promising people um, some poetry, so. Oh my goodness. Um, and, yeah, let's 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 give them some poetry because you've got a lot the, of poetry. The first, the first one I wrote that was in the. My first book about Malcolm's assassination. Mm-hmm. Read a, another one that's in my most recent book about Mal- Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad, mm-hmm. and um, then I have some other ones. <laughs> How much time okay, we got? Well, um, you can have until ten thirty, my time. I don't even know what time it is. It's uh, it's ten oh six. Holy uh-huh. smokes! Well, there's plenty of time. Well, but look, you just stop me after each poem, okay? And and we'll see. We'll just let me just tell me what to do. But um, I'm gonna read this long one first because okay. um, uh, it's called Rare Is that the one that keep on killing our 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 young people? Is that that one? Um, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Is that? Would you like to hear that one or, or another one? Oh yes. No, I want to hear oh, everything oh. you want to share. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. 
Rwanda. This is called They Are Killing All the Young Men to the Memory and the Eternal Spirit of Malcolm X, El Haj Malik. Malcolm X, 1927 to 1965. Television, radio, Sunday, Benevolent Sundown, Malcolm X assassinated. I am watching sports and network TV and listening to the winds, rock and roll, wide world of sports, track and field events. Negroes have long legs and are accustomed to very yin jungle running. TV shows all, agony of effort, athletes at once ready. They have homework, bright bulletin precedes event, precedes contagion. Tennessee A&I Red Dog trotting team has disappeared from the screen. Out uh, and from the scene, bulletin, ready. Russia proclaims American Negro runners the best in the world. Bulletin. CBS says an unidentified reporter phones in an unverified report. This is a bulletin. Malcolm X shot several times in Audubon Ballroom. Don't Negroes meet in the strangest places. When WINS says Malcolm X gunned down by a Negro with sawed-off shotgun and two others, and then they return to their gay restaurant music, raunchiest plastic bags, then an inappropriate switch to specialized radio, Negro rhythm and blues tune, four in a row, that has suddenly sound like Malcolm's funeral suite, funeral music. Apropos of John Kennedy's death music endorsed by all media of the U.S., no jazz, no sass. Brenda Holloway soothes the Negro listening audience with soulful hit number nine, I'll See You Again. And with a return performance, Peter, Paul, and Mary, just as they sang at the stupendous march in Washington, sing, blowing in the wind. Kennedy's departure was vacant, unreal in the air. The FCC played strange elevator Muzak in the hospitals. The same Muzak is piped into the rooms of critical patients. Rhythm and blues is now, it is the reality of our time that has Malcolm X assassinated in New York City, Dallas of the East. Incredibly, after the bulletin, the TBI carried me live to the Westminster Dog Show, a fine Anglo-Saxon name, uh, part two. <laughs> Assassination has become chic. Destruction with terrible weapons has become chic to the sophisticated establishment ipso facto of America, like the South and the North. Dollar Scoop, NYC with Kennedy, Los Angeles Scoop, the New York police, when the soldiers gunned down seven unarmed Muslims. Birmingham scooped us on dogs, although dogs were considered to, com- considered to combat oversized Negroes in New York subways, inasmuch as the New York cops beat out Secretary of War McNamara and the occupational force of Vietnam with the use of poison nerve gas, Harlem riots, summer of 1964, that does not count as it pertains to foreign policy. But the New York press and police corps in the murder of Malcolm X has again graced themselves in the eyes of the sophisticated men of destruction who dress in modern uniform, indulge in modern poisons, and in florid elegance murder. 
Thank you very much for Governor George Wallace to remind us of the North that death to the natives conceived in the most modern of offices has a long history in the nation of America, North and South, Birmingham to Harlem, current and past. Malcolm was murdered the day before George Washington's birthday. Long weekend for who? The last long weekend for a long time. Not until Easter another long weekend comes, and they could not wait and risk a resurrection. They are not that inhumane. Rank-and-file knowledge has the black Muslims infiltrated by the FBI, CIA, G-men, Treasury agents, and the New York City Police Department who took Ray Wood out of training to protect the Liberty Bell and resist invaders from Canada. We have efficient Americans among us. If the Statue of Liberty was so easy to protect, why not the life of an innocent man, Malcolm Little, given name? Why did not all the infiltrators go to their bosses with news of the plot? Why did not J. Edgar Hoover issue a statement that Malcolm X's life was indeed in danger? How much overtime pay was paid to special secret police investigators, agitators, infiltrators the weekend of Malcolm's murder, the long weekend of silent days and surmised news? Was a sawed-off shotgun missing from the police arsenal? Does anyone remember Patrice Lumumba? Does anyone remember the circumstances of his murder? Is anyone concerned with the strange death of bright young men, Kennedy, Malcolm, and Lumumba et al., all the white faces popping up, lean with suntown oil and decay, modern uniforms, the best technological equipment, and sunglasses that adjust to the light but are no good in the jungle. The U.S. is becoming a land of 007 from Robert Hall clothing stores, infiltrators from Con Edison who pollute, who pollute river and sky with hot black ash and bomb jungles because they cannot see in the dark. The New York Times is thin on long weekends. The New York Post is thin on George Washington's birthday. Their Sunday edition created Friday. Their holiday Monday edition Skeleton crew assembled, Sunday news, Saturday night. The Times is thin today. If they had someone on hand to write Malcolm's obituary, or else they had an obituary prepared for the, for the occasion. 42 pages of New York Times, George Washington issue. No jazz, no sass. D-O-A for Malcolm. Many gunshots at the border bomb ballroom. One cop, two doors away, two cops cruising. Quote, I got there and I saw the crowd beating the man. They were hysterical, so I said to my partner, let's get him. We rescued him from the crowd and took him into custody. Apparently he was badly injured. Apparently the others got away, the cop says. Ballroom gunshots in neutral Washington Heights. Broadway, Riverside Drive, Lowe's Rio Theater, 176th Street, RKO Hamilton, Palisades View and Water, just below the famous Indian Museum, 45 bullet shells, big guns even the anarchists will not touch, fusillades, a sawed-off shotgun, Malcolm is over backwards, brothers and sisters, wooden chairs, clatter, chorus, many shots, many arms, but we got one, the police say, and we are hot on the trail of the others. The New York Times is thin today. 
It tells the story of three black scrub women put to put to work on the blood, just as the handymen of Harlem were put to work after the riots, patching up. Three scrub women scrubbing up blood, their blood, in time for a, Bru- a Brooklyn social club dance that night. The Audubon must go on. The New York Times marches on. The alleged assassin, broken leg, bullet wound and all, is rushed to Bellevue Hospital on the other side of town and 133 blocks downtown away from Washington Heights, away from Harlem. The Con Edison reporter on the Daily News telephone station WPIX 11 tells us of the man, quote, who preached violence and died by his own sword. The man, Malcolm, who never was involved in violence or a pacifist until attacked. Yet there are those modern men who attach violence to Big Red, the cocaine-sniffing jailbird. Then the Con Edison reporter pauses his eulogy to say he is glad he has served Con Edison and the Daily News Station for 13 years, and he hopes to serve them for many more. Given the evening news, modern men of the old Confederacy, faceless destruction, back to camera, assassin alleged of Malcolm X, hands over face, kicked and pummeled, broken leg, hands over face, invisible men. That's the end of that poem. That's the one poem. I wrote that poem right after that happened, and um, and so that's why it just it so it just came out that way. Whatever. I have others, and I think I use Invisible Men in the later revision of that poem, and then I think I'm gonna I'm gonna read the uh, poem to Malcolm X that Malcolm and that was written about Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Having a, a meeting. That, yeah, um, nice. Yeah, but um, I wanted to read some Just, short ones. Do we have? How are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing fine. You're, yeah, yes, ten, ten, seventeen. You're good. Um, so the poem you're getting ready to share is the one that um inspired Abdulani Davis's um opera. Is this, is that the one? Um, the one on the meeting. Did I read that now? I was going to read um. No. No, I'm asking you, um, is that the one that you mentioned earlier? I'm going to read that one, yes, but I can read it now, or I can read it a little bit later. Uh, yeah, sure, why not Why not read it now, since we're talking about it? And then okay. I wanted to ask you, um, the play, the meeting, um, did that come before or after your poem, and did that playwright, did that playwright know your, your poem? What What playwright? The playwright, um, I'll tell you his name in a minute, he wrote a play uh, about the meeting, the fictional meeting between Dr. King and um, and Malcolm X. What, and they, they, the meeting is there, they meet and they talk, like right. you know, they have a conversation, yeah. And they Malcolm X. Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, and Malcolm X, um, at, at, in the play, um, he... Um, he was apologizing because um I'm trying to think 
I'm not sure was it Malcolm X or, or Dr. King. One of them had just just experienced a bombing, and 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 um and and I think I think it was Malcolm X. And so Dr. King's one of his daughters wanted to give um, Malcolm X a doll for his daughter because um or or vice versa because the um because she you know her all everything was like a bombing and then a fire so she lost her dolls and so she wanted to give a doll to her to the to his daughter from her yeah it was really really nice um i'm thinking i'm thinking uh jeff stetson but i'm not sure if that's his if that's his name let me let me look it up Um, uh no no he's the playwright no, the meeting. No, the play playwrights. I don't know who did the first one because here in the Bay Area, every every year, um, um, Michael Lange um, and um, would do the play. First, he used to do um, uh, speeches, the ballots or bullets. He would do um, El Haj Malik's speech, ballots or bullets, and then he and and um, um, another brother actor who looked like Dr. King. They would do the meeting um, every year, and oh. so. But anyway, but the play is by Jeff Stetson. He wrote it in 1987, and so it was after you wrote your poem, I think. And, hey, and I just wonder. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Oh, oh, I I did my poem right after Malcolm was assassinated in 1965. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so he That's, could. I'm just wondering because if you if your work inspired an opera, I'm wondering did your work inspire a play too? That's why. That's why I asked the question. The poem I wrote <laughs> that that Tulani like was published in um the book I published in '98. So that was published afterwards about Malcolm. Mm-hmm. But I had read that poem for years before it was published in that book. But, you know, those plays, there was a play before this brother's play where it was just Malcolm and, and MLK in a, in, a, in a hotel room talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's, that's the play. That's the one. That's the there play. was two. There were only two. Oh, that was the first okay. play. And oh. then now they have a play where he adds Jane, Jim Brown. And, um, oh, yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, that's called um, One Night. This Night in Miami, with uh, directed by um, um, Regina King. Yeah, I liked it. I I, um, I watched that. Yeah, that a lot of people are having. They're doing like screening parties this weekend. Because um, there's um, the one you're there's Jim to? Brown, there's Jim Brown, and there's also um, Elijah uh, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, and and then yeah. the uh, the wonderful. Um, uh, Singer who was killed really young. Oh, Sam Cook. Sam Cook, right? They're all together celebrating um, Malcolm. I mean, um, uh, Muhammad Ali before he's Muhammad Ali. Cassius plays. Um, he's thinking about becoming a member of the Nation of Islam, and so they're all there to support him in his fight. And 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 so the meeting happened, but the events of the film are fictional, and. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's 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 a. I liked it. It's a good 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 work. Um, yeah, it looks it show it really looks at um, government surveillance and COINTELPRO, and and the dilemma, you know, um, that Muhammad Ali later, you know, named. 
um, has the faith around friendship and 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 his spiritual allegiance to uh, to Elijah Muhammad. Yeah. And then also Sam, and also Sam Cook, you know, as a business person, um, you know, he he became enlightened in the and you know through the encounter because of what Malcolm X suggests, you know, about his brilliance as an artist. It's it's nice. You'll like it. Well, you know, I, well, I'm glad other people like it. It's not my cup of tea because I I I prefer. I always prefer. You know the reality, but you know who knows. I oh, might, okay. I might, you know, come across some friends and we go see it or something. But I probably, I, I have a lot of trouble going to see things because um, if they're not really, you know, I don't know. It's a psychological problem, <laughs> but um, it, it it bothers me. I don't know. I just have a lot of trouble with the media these days. But um, yeah. no. But if you say it's worth seeing, that mm-hmm. gives me a, a one up to say, well, maybe I, I should go take a look at that. So I appreciate you telling me about it because I'd rather somebody tell me about something than have mm-hmm. to go see it myself. <laughs> at least at first, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, I, I, yeah. And it's um, and again, it's it's virtual. Again, it's uh, Amazon. Um, original or something. And so for people who have Prime, you can see it free. And uh, but that's how you that's how you see it through Amazon. It's it's an it's an online presentation. It's not in the theaters. But some folks are doing like for instance in Miami, um they're having a screening so you can see it for free. And I'm going to post that poster um in in wandaspix.com if people want to Watch it through this venue because I think they're going to be showing a couple of things this weekend. Um, this organization for free. Yeah, it'll be a free screening, it, but it'll be online. But it'll be a free online screening of this film, um, one night in Miami, if that's the title of it that we're well, talking I'll, about right now. I might see it then, but you know that's how I got to see the Black Panther, the, the one that Marvel put on. Because I said I ain't going to see this movie. You know, but I said, I ain't going unless it's free. And mm-hmm. then they had it for free, so I went, had to go see it. But okay. um, I I had all these critical, I, I didn't know if the kids, I, I, I wanted the kids to tell me that they liked it. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I have all these, you know, if, ands, and buts, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, did you right. see that movie, the the one about the Black Panthers? Black Panther? You mean yeah, Black the one Panther? That the Marvel film? Marvel Comics did a feature film that they showed the screen, and then they actually made so that they people could just go see it for free at the local theater. You know. Yeah. So Are I you talking up, about the the one that um that our brother here um. Um, did the screenplay, co-wrote the screenplay um, that set in Oakland? You mean the the one with Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther? No, this is the one where they have the cartoon characters. Oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, Marvel no, I don't know that Marvel one. Comic oh. Home. And they had it set in the future, although mm-hmm. they had some kind of connection with the past. They kind of made it this all up, and the guy... Nahasi Coates, 
who wrote that book about talking to his yeah, coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was one of the writers on that script. Right. So, are uh, you talking about the the only Black Panther the film? Um, it came out two years ago, um, and it features um, Chadwick Boseman, who passed last year. And uh, he's currently, um, he's in the Spike Lee film about Vietnam veterans, and the last film he made was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and, and he appears as uh, Levy, who plays the trumpet. Um, are you talking about that Black Panther, the film? That and it's set, it, it's like set the in the same one, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's Wakanda um, is, 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 the, is the place, the fictional place in Africa. The Wakanda is the country. That just makes me so mad. I don't know, but you know, but it's not, I'm not mad at the movie or the actors or the people who watch it. I just resent an an ancient African kingdom being made made up by these mm-hmm. Hollywood guys. But that's just my own personal interpretation, you know, because I, I go to to Hollywood every now and then and hang out, and I was there when um, some people from the Negro Ensemble Company went out there, like um, um, Lonnie Elder and... Um, oh, yeah, and I know Lonnie. Yeah. You know Lonnie? Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Yeah. Guy. And uh, yeah. he was with... Um, Cicely Tyson was out there with them, and uh, mm-hmm. and a whole group from the Negro Ensemble. And D- Doug Turner Ward stayed here, but I go out there, we hang out together out there, and they had mm-hmm. two movies at... Um, the studio Universal. One was um, Melinda, with Calvin Lockhart, and the mm-hmm. other one was about a dog <laughs> that Cicely was in. That was written by Lonnie Elder. Yes, you talk. You talking about Sounder? <laughs> yeah. And he would tell me. He said, "Dave, he said I'm, you know, he says they have Melinda in, in the movie, in the theaters, but he said, but I'm worried about Sounder." It was like he was talking as if Sounder was um, a real person, you know. (laughs) But he had two movies out at the same time, and that was, I don't know many black writers who've had that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a big deal. um, Yeah, the director and co-writer of uh, Black Panther is uh, Ryan Coogler, who wrote um, Fruitvale Station, and he's, he's, uh, um, you know, he's from Oakland as well. Um, what? He's from Oakland as well. Oh right, Ryan Coogler. That was a very yeah. important movie that he. Did. Yeah, so that's the same director, and and also, um, uh, uh, Michael, um, what's Michael's last name? Um, who plays? Um, uh, what does Michael play? Michael plays the uh, antagonist, um, uh, Killmonger, um, Eric Stevens. In in the uh, in Black Panther, he played um, um, Oscar Grant in in the other film. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Fruitvale Station. Oh, yeah, really? Michael B. And Jordan. That was the one who yeah, got same. killed. Yes, yeah, yeah, and oh, that they're now um, now for the case they're they're um, want to charge um, Anthony Peroni, who was in, was the officer in charge, and he was on the station, and he started it. Like he started um, brutalizing Oscar Grant before uh, Mesley came over and shot him, um, 
but that's that's another conversation. But people should get in touch with the DA and tell her to charge Anthony Peroni because she said she wasn't going to, but she needs to because he should have been charged with uh, Meserly, um for um, for the wrongful death and killing of of uh, young Oscar. Um, yeah, but let me ask you this: the one yes. who shot him, who pulled the trigger and killed him, yeah, Meserly. Yeah, Did Johannes Jail time or what happened? Oh yeah, Look. yeah. He was. Um, that was what was really um, historic about the case and precedent setting was that this was the first time a police officer served time for killing what, what, someone. What time did he get to to serve? Oh, how much time? Um yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like how much time? I'd have to look it up for you. I have to look um, it up. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't years. Um, but. I mean, it wasn't nearly. Um, I don't know. It feels like months. If it was, if it was a year, it was a year. Misdemeanor, huh? They made it a misdemeanor Um, or manslaughter. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember the details. I'm not an expert. Myself, except that I'm afraid to, because I might. It might make me so angry to find out the real thing. But you know, my the the place I had. Oh, he got he got he got a second degree murder, voluntary manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter and gun enhancement. So that's that's what he got. That was um, that was that was the charge. Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking it up as you're asking the question. But we're gonna run out of time. Cause, um, oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not looking up. But you know, I used to uh, a mile up the road is where I had my studio. Um, oh. From there, so I know that area because that's where I'd go to get mm-hmm. to go shopping. Was down okay. at Fruitvale, and um, mm-hmm. they, they have a new station and stuff. You know, I I so it's just it's strange. Every time I go there, I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have to get a car because um, that was public transportation in Oakland. But anyway, so let's get off that subject because um So you want me to read another poem or what? Uh, yes, yes, I would. <laughs> he served. He served. He served eleven months. I thought it was months. So oh they asked your question because so eleven months. It wasn't twelve, and this was months. um. Yeah, he was released under parole. Mhm. Wow. And and this was in two thousand eleven that this happened. So that was ten years ago, wow. um, this June. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like it just happened yesterday. Uh yes, wow. it does. Because young people yeah. are still people are still getting shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And a lot a lot of folks got shot, you know, after Oscar was killed. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they they shouldn't even need to have any guns on the in the in the on the BART. And that BART that BART is falling apart anyway. But anyway, um, I I think I'm going to read um. I'm going to read two short poems and then and then El Haj Malik's audience. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I got these ones from the the mayor of Harlem, um, which uh, Joe Overstreet did the cover for, bless his soul. Oh, nice. Yeah. He just he just passed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm writing something for him, and it's taken me so long, but it's just mm-hmm. uh you know, uh, it's just. Well, I, I just want to do this, so it's just a, I, I, I'm happy to do it. But anyway, this is um, from the Mayor of Holland. This is called Saga of the Audubon Murder. Saga of the Audubon Murder. 
Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here today to recommemorate the assassination of Malcolm X. Our assassin historians have placed us here among the remnants of George Washington's birthday party, but somehow we cannot recall the revolution. Somehow, all we can remember of American history is the clatter of gunfire in the Audubon ballroom, the chest-bared screams of Malcolm, of all of us, over backwards in blood. So much blood in this soil, we're all going to turn red someday. Ah, and this one is called Big Red. These are, these are the short nights of poems, the short poems, Big Red. Tone, 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 red spuds of fire, jackal head, machine gun tongue, hot words go upside your head, big red now dead, scream through facile wires, his energy challenge, electricity, sound waves break, sound barriers broke, light years of fear. Ah, yes, Malcolm, gosh, I wish, I, I, I would just like to write, read more and more and write more and more poems about Malcolm. But, um, you know, they all are just still feeling, you know, that, that, that death, you know. And, and here's another one. Oh no, I, I read that one. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find the other one because it's so good. But this one is the one called El Haj Malik's Audience, and here I I I, I address Malcolm by his Arabic name. Ah, so much to say about about him, you know. I'm glad people are writing more books about him because he there's a lot to talk about in terms of his life and what he did. So anyway, this is called El Haj Malik's audience. The elderly one came into the room, his white robe whispering like Sahara winds, eyes that could conjure hurricanes, swirl ancient sands and arabesque. The room smelled of museum, antique chairs, charts on the walls of other ancient kingdoms, the silent, hush, moot words, quivering in the air of tongues so ancient as to be for now. The hushed body of the elderly one jerks the young man clean and proper in love with in love with love, in love with the word, word he was told, hateful of the rumors of illicit sex he had heard, he had lived. The elderly one speaks kindly to the younger he always speaks kindly. The slightest edge of voice would bring down thunderbolt demons. You ask me of my sex life? I'll tell you a riddle. The elephant is truthful 100%. I am Solomon of the songs. I am David of the fields. I am all of them. I am all the things you have heard of and more you could not imagine. I am all. I am. Big Red, now dead. To know him was to love him 
a fury of life incarnate in the man, cut down in the night by unknown forces of might. The black brotherhood came down out of their homes, compared funerals. Dinah Washington, Daddy Grace, El Malik Shabazz, Jump the Thunder, up home here in Harlem, time blows like wind all the time. Black folks all over the planet thinking Harlem is in my mind. Billy Holiday in a slaughter in a Shanghai cafe, smoking opium, thinking of us folks, because us is thinking of blackness, thinking. Up home through rivers, along rivers, I recall I knew him once. A fireman who burned up minds, who said what we wanted to say, read our minds and put something else in there too, who made our hearts jump with sight and desire of the tongue, snaking red, snaking wet, big red, cocaine, the weight of heavy words, the same high, the same high, more high, more high. Young Malcolm rises with the tears in his eyes to the blue Oldsmobile, gunned into Queensboro, to new headquarters. To his Muslim wife, silent and deep, obedient to the will of the karma of old. Malcolm X, 11 years in meditation, fared you well, requiem for a pimp. Gangster with words, proper home and kids, faithful wife. To the new gangster who would change the world with the gun of the tongue, of the sun, of the body, of the bones. Pierced with hot shot bullets, rest in peace, the hot energy of planet. The hot energy of the spirit never dies, never dies. So take this with you, these new words I speak, these words that sound like riddles. The truth is not what I say or what you think I have done. The truth is what you will do. The elderly one looks away. He sees a young man lying on a dais, blood on his face, blood on the body, into the future, into the past. When you were born, when your daddy was shot dead, spreading the word of Garvey. I see you, my son, lying in the same blood. Your words will strengthen our people, give them a new vision. But these words, dear son, I cannot say to you. Look into my eyes, see the future, see the past. But these words I cannot say. Go now. More words will waste our time. Your, your, your flight will unleash demons against you, and you have no time to lose. You will be loved forever. You will have eternal life. Your spirit will forever live. There, that's good. Wow. I think it's time for another lot. <laughs> I think it's time for me to write an, another Malcolm X poem. I could write about that guy. Yeah. When I see yeah, that you could do that, and then and then um, David, you could um, join because um, Maynu already said yes to talking about um, El Haj Malik on his birthday, May 19th. You know, today is February 19th, and, you know, we're mourning him because, you know, it's the anniversary of his passing. But we can celebrate him on the anniversary of his birth, and you can share a new poem. That would be really cool, or poems, you know. That 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 could be something to do. I have to think about that. I, I, wanted, I wanted to do some research. You know, I was... um. At CUNY, you know, I was just—I was a fellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yes, um, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. auspicious. <laughs> and we had um, the the guy, the, the scholar who wrote the book on Malcolm X, was about three, five oh, years ago. Oh yes, 
Oh, yeah, the one that um, was met with a lot of controversy because of, yeah, yeah, I remember that because I actually I had a Mary Baraka join me um, on my radio show to talk about that. Mm-hmm. It was hard. To, it was hard to top Alex Haley because Alex was a great interviewer, and he he mm-hmm. and Malcolm had a rapport. But but this one, the guy who wrote the book died before yes, they had the event. So his wife, his widow, and his stepson mm-hmm. showed a film he had made uh, on, about the book, and then they and then they talked about the book. Some. But that was at CUNY at graduate school, which is right next to the Empire State Building, you know. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. the crowd was, you know, there was a good crowd there. They wanted to to mm-hmm. see if we could bring some new light to, 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 to Malcolm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. he couldn't. Yeah. He wasn't able Right. To. So are you talking about Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention um, by Manny Mar- Marable? That one? Marable, that's right, Marable, yes. Yeah, yeah, because there was some information, because I thought, you know, all the, the new writing that he had had, I thought that was going to be the book, right? But it wasn't. No, because you, I don't think he could beat Alex Haley in, in research. And what Malcolm told him, because he, he got Malcolm talking and he he fuses the, the the what Malcolm told him with the a narrative, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard to get around that. I I, I felt bad for Marable because he wanted to have a big book, and I'm sure that the publishers, you know, told him that that that's what would happen, but it, it wasn't so. Mm-hmm. I think he, yeah. you know, it wasn't so. They just made him nervous. Yeah, but the the one um the uh, the dead are rising um the uh um the life of Malcolm X um that's more recent that's um with less pain that book looks Oh. I I went to a I went to a talk on that one. That's a good uh-huh. book. Um you- yeah, Less Pain's daughter finished it and he you know, he passed in 2018 and Tamara Payne, you know, finished the project. And it is awesome. Oh, you read it. You got it. Um, I went to a I went to an author talk, and no, I don't have it. But I went to an author talk, and she read and she talked about it. But, but I I know this one here is a better book, and and it's more recent which, than the Maribel one? one. The you Dead Are Rising, the Life and of the Less Pain. No, I'm <laughs> saying the one Maribel is Maribel. That book is not it tales in comparison to the one right. by Les Payne and his daughter. Right. That's what I'm saying. We are Les agreeing, Payne I believe. Is the best, <laughs> yes, he is the best, one of the best journalists I've ever heard. He was yeah. really good. And he could mm-hmm. administer a, a, a newsroom as well as report on it and go out and interview. He could do all of it. So right, I really, yeah. I would believe this guy. So I'm... I'm glad you reminded me of the book because I'm going to go out and buy it today. I'm going yeah, you to should get that one. Nobles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to think about <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I'm... Do they have any black bookstores in New York? You should get it from a, a, you know, keep our money, keep the money in our community if possible. You know what? They, these sisters have one up on, a, on Washington Heights on 164th Street near the near Audubon Ballroom. 
But mm. I, I don't know. I don't even know the number of, of how to call them to see if they're there. Um, I don't understand why, why they promote the, the store that way, because any bookstore in Harlem would have some business. They used to have Michelle's Bookstore in Harlem. It was the most famous bookstore of its time. And um, they, they built the state office building there, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's where, across the street, they had all of the pictures of the leaders of the black world. And then across the street, they had all these brothers who would get up on a ladder and speak to the people standing below them in the street. And they would mm-hmm. be a challenge to anyone to ask them a question about black history that they didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And those guys... That's where I learned my black history because I, I, going to high school, as a high school student, they didn't teach us anything. But going mm-hmm. there on the corner of 125th Street and 7th Avenue, I could see the Michelle's bookstore and those guys on the corner, and you could lift it, hear them talk and then go and buy the book. But right down here now we have a book that's half owned by a black man. It's called uh, Jackson, something in Jackson. And that's on, they have one down at the Seaport Museum, and then they have one on um, Prince Street. And then they have on Union Square, they have the uh, Barnes & Noble's mega store. They have, it's, it's um, four stories high. It goes through the block, the whole block, from 17th to 18th Street is that bookstore. And they have everything in there, all the magazines. All the books, you know, they really have oh, a lot. I just had an idea. Um, you know, yeah. I'm thinking because I know the Schomburg has has a um, has a gift shop. Oh, Maybe they, they have yeah. the Dead Are Rising, the Life of Malcolm X, since you know it won the you know National Book Award for 2020 for nonfiction, and no, also yes, it did. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and it and it's also you know I mean. There, you know, Tamara Payne is in New York, and Les Payne, you know, um, you know, he was born in in Alabama, but I believe wasn't he wasn't he in New York as well or not? Les Payne was the head of Newsday for years, yeah, that, for decades. That's yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I don't. So that's New York. Okay, good. He so I'm thinking they might time. have his Les book. His they might have his book at their gift shop. So you can find it there, I'm sure. And that's keeping the money in our community. Well, you um, know what? I'm going to call you... them and make sure it's there. And if it is, I'll have them hold it for me. And I'll I'll make a trip for Malkin. No, you have to get it online. You have to get it online. You can't even go to the gift shop and buy it. No, no, it's all the libraries are closed. Yeah, no, you you buy it online. You know, I don't like to do no transactions online, but I will for Malcolm. But I don't like to do transactions online because yes. I just don't like to. I just don't do it. You know, I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't do. I don't do any kind of money thing online because they got all these people out there <laughs> trying to do it. But anyway, I'm. But I will give it special consideration, and I'll have someone pick it up for me or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure there might there might be some bookstores that you could go into. Still, I'm not sure because I'm not there. Barnes and Noble um, you can go into the one the, the McNally Jackson on on uh-huh. Prince Street. You can walk in. Okay. Alrighty. So I, let's. I don't want to end talking about Barnes and Nobles. Oh, I'm um, sorry. So so let's. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. So, um, yeah, any closing words or thoughts? Um, <laughs> this has been so wonderful talking to you, though. It's like because you're such a font of history and information and 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 beauty. Um, I just love you're talking about these men, these you know, the angel, you know, Hajj Malik oh. and. And these other other folks, you know, in in that angelic choir, you know, Langston Hughes, James Baldwin, you know, oh, um, this, this so brother, um, you know, Miss Miss Mr. Payne, yeah, and his daughter, oh, who finished the book. Yeah, I would listen yeah. to him on the radio every week. He was on. He used to be <laughs> on one of these stations, and um, uh-huh. oh man, he was great. So these people are real heroes. They were, uh, they are heroes. You know. As as are you, you know. Just well, think about you know Sun Ra. Oh my gosh, I, Sun Ra. He's a Gemini, and so am I. Just like oh my goodness, like really, is, you knew Sun Ra. Is wonderful. Wow. He he is wonderful. Oh my God, Sunny was just mm-hmm. great. You know, oh yeah. But, you know, you're, yeah, and you're wonderful. Now let me tell you, what what is this on the radio? Going on the radio? Station? Yeah, this yeah this is the radio. Yeah, this no no it's uh it's it's a uh, internet radio so. Um, so people who, um, you know, it's archived. So right now, I just I just extended the program to 180 minutes. So that's how we're able to talk so long. Um, but I can't extend it anymore. This is it. Well, good. Well, I'll, I'll, I, I can buy an archive, right? I can buy it. No, right? no, it's free. It's free. No, I'll send you a link. No, it's free, and then you can download it, and you can cut it just for your part, and well, you no, can send I, it I'll to see. people. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at the technology part of it, but you know, but I'm. I, I guess I'm going to have to work on it. But that, well, I would well, I, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you know, you could just you could just send people, you know, a link, and you can say I'm the last two hours of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> not understand, but you are the hostess with the mostest. I have to tell you, you know. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. Well, this is good. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to get out there. I'm coming out there because I ain't been out Super. there. Well, I was getting ready to come out there when this thing came down on us, you know, this uh, mm-hmm. in, in last last March. This is almost a year now, and I was ready mm-hmm. to go. I have my bags packed and everything. So right. I'm coming out there. So look out. That's great. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, look forward to seeing you out here in sunny California. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, be safe, and I uh, hope you're able to, um, you know, um, you know, watch some of these programs, and and I, I'm sure I'll, I'll probably see you online on um, Monday for, you know, for the uh, Schomburg event, and and maybe you might be able to catch. I'll, I'm forwarding everything to your your email account, so you don't have to worry about where things are. Um, yeah. So so hopefully that'll make it a little easier. Now let me ask you one very basic question. Are you a Bay Area person? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I grew up in San Francisco. Get out of here. You're from New Orleans? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, yeah, born in New Orleans. Most families from New Orleans, yeah. That's one of my favorite places. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that you yeah. were very special because I just could tell. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, so I was gonna. So I opened. So I opened the program before you came on um, uh, at at eight o'clock this morning here, um, you know, in the Bay. I opened with um, 
uh, a piece by um, uh, Kahil El Zabar and Archie Shep called Brother Malcolm. So I thought, uh-huh. you know, we we we'd uh, close with you know with this particular song, um, and I'm sure you probably know it, Brother Malcolm, the song that they did. But it's uh, since we called, you know, Malcolm X into the into the studio, want to send him back home. So I was gonna like return him to to that space, you know, that he, you know, where the ancestors go, which is they probably hanging right with us. <laughs> Thank well, you for I coming. Can I leave my phone today. on and hear it while it while it plays? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I'm gonna leave my phone on and listen to okay. the music. Okay. All right. And thank Super. you for having me. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, it's been so lovely. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's been it's been my pleasure. You were fab, you were phenomenal and I'm looking forward to other conversations and if there's anything you ever want to talk about, say, Hey, I need an audience. I wanna like run this run this idea by some folks live. I'm like, you know, feel free, let me know. Let let the let the uh let the station, you know, be be at your service. Well, I have something I'd like to talk about with you um, okay. off, why, offline. Okay, because, sure. Um, All right, no problem. Okay. And I come out there, so I'm gonna. I'd like to talk about that before I, I, I before I get get moving out there because um, we have mm-hmm. serious business out there. So mm-hmm. anyway, but no, I mean okay. nothing of of not no danger or anything like that. But this. Oh yeah, no to, problem. Some things that have to be taken care of that I have to do, and now that I'm a year behind, <laughs> but it's so good to talk to you. Thank you, and I'm look forward to listening to Archie, who is one of the great musicians of our time. Mm-hmm. He came yeah. here last year at the, oh. at the and they sold out all of his all the tickets the same day. As soon as they put them up for sale, they were going. They were, <laughs> Oh, that's fabulous! That's wonderful. Well, yeah, he doesn't live here, so if you want to catch him, you got to go see him. I, I totally can see how that could happen. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, people love Archie, and he's a, he's brilliant too. It's not he's just mm-hmm. not, you know. He also is 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 well read and writes and writes plays and poems. Yes, he does. Yeah, yes. he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's fabulous. He is he is wonderful. Yeah. So um yeah, so we're gonna let them take us on out and again thank you so much for this marvelous conversation. It was it was I didn't know what to expect when I asked you, I just knew you would bring it and you brought it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, David. It was really a really a, a treat and, and a pleasure to have you on. Well thank you and, and you know, and it calls for a, a, a new poem by me about Malcolm and it's got to be dedicated to you, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that would be so cool. <laughs> You're welcome. So here we are. Guys. <laughs> uh, brother Malcolm, 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 brother Malcolm,
Thank you.